0: 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. There was a thing over, over the weekend, so
1: Casey, you were you were down the shore this weekend.
0: Well, I came back to my brother's house. Okay, then when did this video
1: that you posted on Instagram? That was Saturday night.
2: Uh, we were playing a game outside on, on my brother's patio.
1: Yeah, and I, I couldn't quite figure out what this game was. You had titled it Fire Jenga. Yeah. <laughs> a new game for morons everywhere. Hashtag Delco.
2: Yeah, so... When it was um, introduced to me, it was called Fire Jenga. Uh, it, it had only been played one time uh, prior to this, and then uh, so when I took this video, uh, we had actually established rules at this point to um, Fire
3: Pit Jenga, To
2: Fire Pit Jenga. So, you guys, uh, Preston, are you familiar? Do you have a? Uh, you have um. A a
1: propane fire pit, do you not? No, it's wood burning. It's wood burning. But I've seen these propane fire tanks. They're like little stones, right? And they have these uh, crystal-type things that are in there, and and gas floats inside it, and and you get this little flame coming up, but you're not actually burning uh, wood.
2: No, so it's um, in my brother's fire pit. It's uh, big pieces of glass. So the way it it initially was uh, introduced to me was that uh, people just you know go in and they stick and they, your hand in fire. <laughs> stick, stick your hand in the fire. <laughs> yeah, and you pull out a stone and that's it. Okay, and, they, and you go around in a circle and you keep doing it. Um, and the, when they, I think my brother's friends played this for the first time on uh, on New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah. Like, so this
3: has been played now multiple times.
2: This I literally was playing it the second time that they, that they ever played it. Oh well, that's not that much. No, no, yeah. no. Um, but there were no rules. They they were just. The first time they, yeah, played they're it, being they were stupid like, oh, about just it. Take, and they just did it until they nobody could put their hand into the fire anymore. What, what and was it? it was too because hot. it's too hot. That's okay. it. So they, all it. right. So
1: the glass, the pieces of glass get really hot, mm-hmm. and you see if you can reach in and grab one and, and pull it out and set it in front of you. Right. Okay.
2: So uh, on Saturday night, we had actually finally established rules, and it actually made it a lot of fun. So what you do? It sounds fun. It, it really is. What you do is you you circle around the fire pit. And you know somebody's got to go first, and you go in uh, and, and clock uh, wise order, and you, you take a, a rock out of the fire pit. But the rule is, once you establish contact with a rock or a piece of glass, that is your piece of glass. You cannot lose contact. So uh, if you if you touch it, that's the one that you have to pick up. If you pick up, uh, if you drop it, then you're out, and then you know you're you're, right. you're eliminated.
3: So you're sitting around the pit, or, or you're sitting around. It's like a square, right? Yeah, And you're reaching in, and so uh, then all you have to do is move it from where it is in the pit and put it on the counter. And put it on the counter. And that's not that far.
2: It's not that far. Now, the other thing is because you might grab a piece of glass that is hotter than you had anticipated it being, and you throw it down on the counter, and if it falls off of the counter, you're out. And then it's just last man standing. And obviously... You know, the more rocks you take out, the more likely it is that the you know the rocks are going to be hotter. All right, as you get closer
3: to the center of the fire,
2: it's dumb. How, how, <laughs> but really? It is very dumb. It's, how long does it take?
3: How long does it take to play the game?
2: Not long. Okay. Not, no, 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 not long at all. Were there um, any
3: any uh, lingering injuries?
2: Not that I had seen. Okay. You know, no,
1: it's stupid. <laughs> so, but, yeah. but you know what? The reason I brought it up is because I was looking at the comments uh-huh. and uh, somebody had said, "Oh, uh, along the lines that they, it's not just us."
2: Yes. Mean that like they somebody else is, as well. Somebody else is apparently playing this game as well. Fire yes. Pit
1: Jenga, you're calling. Yeah, so. so Fire Jenga.
2: Fire, Fire Jenga. Fire Jenga is what, when when they introduced it to me, they called it Fire Jenga. <laughs> and then my brother's friend, Fran, he's like, no, it's Delco Jenga. I'm like, no, no Fire Jenga sounds Delta better. And he's no, like, Fire well, Delta. how about Fire Delco Jenga? No! No. How about you shut up? <laughs> I'm like, fire is fine. You could just say that it was originated in Delco. That's fine. Yeah, all right. But uh If you want Jenga. to you claim to it. All right. Yeah. You
1: know what actually would be pretty cool is if you took Jenga, you know, the blocks yeah. all set up, and you pour lighter fluid or up. gasoline on it and set them on fire oh, on. and then try to play <laughs> before it burns up completely. <laughs>
4: right.
1: You know what? Okay,
3: May I suggest something that. else? Yes. Same game, same concept. Mm-hmm. Replace the Jenga pieces with sticks of dynamite. Sticks okay. of dynamite <laughs> that could work too. Because honestly, you'd have to be so good. What is the fascination? Now I get it. You're sitting around a fire pit, and it's all guys. All guys for some reason doing stupid things. Girls don't like to sit around. Girls a fire don't want to don't. Girls for some reason don't want to put their hands into an open flame. Mm-hmm. But
2: you know what's funny is we started playing, and then then the girls started to show up. Like, what are you doing, right? And and of course they were like it was a sort of condescending you guys are dumb and then they're like
5: can, can we play can we <laughs> nobody wanted to play but then
2: they all all, all of a sudden they started having an, an a, like a an interest an interest yeah. you know they had they were getting like, turned no, on he dropped it he dropped it he you know and so that was that was kind of fun that's yeah. my moron
1: <laughs> i love i love uh made up backyard games mm-hmm. uh and and especially if you're you're having a couple of beers and it just turns into God. this and that we used to do it with uh, my kids we had a um um, a swing set in the backyard, and there was a tire swing, and it turned into: uh, Can you make the ball bounce if you're standing on the deck, which was like you know 30 yards away, and bounce and then land in the swing right. in in the tire swing and get through? And then then by the time you start playing it, then you rules start to uh, right uh, start to happen.
3: Well, well, it's like in the
1: Goldbergs; they have
3: this, and I love it because when you're a kid, or I guess even as an adult, obviously here with the with the fire pit jango, whatever it is. Uh, they, they had a game that stood the test of time throughout the years
1: called Ball Ball.
3: Yeah. So it was a dumb game they played in the basement,
6: but they literally had their 20 rules or whatever, how you play Ball Ball. You got to think that like games like uh, Jarts and Ladder and Coits and all of those were just were originated in, in somebody's backyard. Somewhere. Sure, of course. Just, exactly. Eventually worked their way into mass production because... They became fun for everyone. Well, so that's the thing. We were playing this, right? So there was just,
2: you know, I don't even know how many people were there, like eight of us just sitting around this fire, just randomly picking stones out of the fire. Right. When we decided, like, wait a second. Wait a
3: second. We,
2: we actually need to, like, establish some sort of rule. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just kind of just grabbing hot stones out of the fire. Wait
3: a second. We make rules. Now,
1: <laughs> who was the last, who who won that yeah, round? who won? Um,
2: that round was, I actually won that round. Did you guys play several rounds? You played several rounds. So my, <laughs> my older brother, okay. Do you have so, fingerprints? <laughs> yes. So my older brother, Foz, uh, he won the round before that. I won that round. Then the next round, I came in second, but there's an asterisk there. Because you burned off a finger. Well, you know, no, I didn't. No, because the guy that, quote unquote, beat me, this guy, Steve. Yeah. He had actually grabbed the rock out of the fire. All right. And then he threw the rock down. But then the rock bounced off of um, off of the, the, the counter. And then he grabbed it with his other hand. Hence, he had
1: not established contact all the way to the very end. By the way, Steve. Yeah. The flaming Jenga. Has already been done. Are you and kidding Nick me? Nick has pulled up a video, flaming Jenga. It's called "Playing with Fire," flaming giant <laughs> Jenga. So they've taken these really big Jenga pieces and they they douse it in fuel, set it ah. on fire. But they're using, uh, they have a a flame retardant gel on their hands. Oh, as they reach in, which doesn't completely protect you 100 no. percent but uh jesus christ i like that oh uh, i really? love that yeah, yes can we do that in the studio <laughs> we may have to try to do that somewhere maybe the camp out for hunger or something like that we it's, could do that you know how you know our history of of us and fire, fire. oh my god yeah, go i'm well. sure xfinity's gonna love that Yeah. uh let me go to ryan hey ryan how you doing good good we
7: uh just wanted to share a game we we would play in the back in the backyard of my grandmother's house please and, do uh, well, we would uh, get a golf tee, and uh, so we'd line up around the deep end of the pool. We'd jump off the diving board and sink the golf. One person would sink the golf tee to the bottom of the pool. And then, as you can imagine, a small golf tee comes up through the, uh, through the pool, and then you have, you know, six, eight people jump in and have, a, like, a, a, you know, anything goes to find the golf tee and get the golf tee, and you end up, you know, half drowning each other, <laughs> having a wrestling match in the deep end. It's, it was a lot of fun throwing the throw out there.
1: Why, Ryan, is, is, does it float because it's made of wood?
7: Oh, yeah, the golf tees float, so okay. they, they slowly float up to the surface, and then oh. everyone would
1: jump so in. Everyone jumps in
3: and tries to intercept it before it hits the surface.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, so- and it, it, just, it just became this backyard game that we played for years.
2: <laughs> so my kids play a similar Thanks, game uh, called Biddle. Do you guys play Biddle? Have you ever... Apparently, biddle. all right. So no. it's something similar where you take a, a, a bottle cap, like yeah. from a, a water bottle, mm-hmm. like a clear bottle, and that really blends into the to the water, yeah. and it's really tough to see. And they kind of do the same thing where somebody will randomly throw it into the pool, and then they got to get the biddle.
3: Yeah, the 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 search uh, search and sees uh, games in the pool are are, are many, yeah. right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think we sort of
3: think and... we take a, like a, a, a clear broken champagne glass, right? <laughs>
1: And uh, throw it in Throw there. it in the pool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. see who comes up <laughs> bleeding. And that's the winner. <laughs> that is the winner. Uh, here's some uh, text coming in. I play a game called Stump. Uh, where you have oh, yeah. to flip a hammer and nail into a stump. I know stump. What is it? Yeah, that's not it's a made-up a... game. Yeah, it's oh, it's that. not. No, 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 no. no. Oh, it, wait a minute. Yeah, you have to catch the hammer
6: and then you bring it down on the nail. And, right. Um, you can, um, of course, like all of these games, incorporate drinking.
1: Yeah, Casey says uh, here it says the golf tee game is called Dibble. Okay. Dibble. Yeah. Dibble. Bibble. I shall call it Dibble. <laughs> um, kill the man with the tree is another t- game. <laughs> and kill the man. Kill with the man the with the tree. tree? I remember Kill the Man with the Ball. Yes. T was a different a one. Oh, with the T. T. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. I, I you got, wondered how you got the tree in the pool. <laughs> yeah, how did you run around with that tree yeah. the whole time? <laughs> See the guy with the tree? Yeah, kill yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> and you can use guns. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to go to Melissa. Hey, Melissa, how you doing?
8: I'm okay. How are you? Good.
1: What's up, Melissa.
8: A game i invented with my kids um we have an open like on the second floor you can see down into the family room so it's kind of like a walkway and i would have them balance on their toes at one end of the walkway um squatting down like in a squat position um almost like they're taking a crap uh-huh. Squatting down, take a giant exercise ball from the other end of the hallway and roll it towards them to try to knock them off balance. And they would love it. They would, you know, fall over. they try to do it to us. So we so, called it Bowling for
3: Kids. Bowling for Kids. That's what I was going to say. It's, like, cause it's like, a, like
1: a human bowling game. So you're on your toes but squatting? Yeah. So, like, if you went into a squat position, fully squatted down
8: all the way where
9: your bottom's touching the back of your heels and your toes. Oh, stay,
1: okay. I physically couldn't do that. Can you do it, okay. Casey? Casey, let me see. Casey's going to try. Uh, Casey.
9: He's getting a bowling
8: ball. Or he's
1: getting a ball. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought he was just going to do the squat thing. He's leaving. And you roll it and and try to knock them over. Try to knock
8: them off
4: balance. Yeah.
8: I really like
1: it. You remember what we yeah. used to do? We did it. We did it, did it over the media. We were rolling.
3: We, we in fact we did it on air. We rolled the empty water bottles down the steps. Yeah, we're playing Donkey the, the Kong. The Donkey Kong you had to oh, jump okay. over. Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, in case you're going to do this. Balance. All right. Hold on a second. Uh, well. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's uh. That's our hippity-hop ball. So you, right,
2: so you got to go, like, like you don't, you, to, you don't, you're do going to. No, 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 you have to do it. And then i got to try and knock you off balance, right?
1: All right, so Casey's going to roll this ball. Kathy is squatting. <laughs> and he fake threw it at her. All
2: right, All right come on. Here we go.
1: Don't you just whip it really hard oh, at him? Oh,
2: that's easy. Well, no, it's,
3: it, she was playing with kids, by the way. You have oh, an yeah. adult woman.
4: Okay, yeah. Good.
3: Here, here, Kathy. Let me do it. I'll do it my way. Except I was going to throw a chair at you.
2: Right. I, uh, I was going to, but then I thought, man, I, you know, it would be
1: bad if I. If do you have just... an actual bowling ball? Yeah. Me let me go to uh, Jed. Hey, Jed, how you doing, man?
7: Hey, it's Ted, how you guys doing? Good, Hi, Chad. Ted.
1: What's up? Not Jed. It's Chad. Hey, man. Ted. 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 Hey, Ted, Ted. How's Chad? Ted. 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 Uh, hey, hey,
7: yeah. well, what Chad? we used to do when we were kids is we'd be taking our football. And light it on fire.
1: <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. Ted, would you use any would you use any accelerant on it? Nah, nah, it would burn pretty good by itself. Okay. And I'm
3: sure it creates a totally lethal gas when they're when they're melting. Oh
1: yeah, it makes the game more fun. <laughs> Alright, so you light a, it's it's a it's a, a, a football? Yeah, Nerf football, it okay. on fire, and then we would kick it around
7: okay. until there wasn't much left to kick anymore. Yeah, and you would wind up with melted Nerf football all over your sneakers. Well, um, let me
3: tell you something. One of the big, we know this. There's a sport they play in South America where they light the uh, the soccer ball on fire.
1: By the way, Ted, would you? Uh, uh, how would you win this particular game? Or are you just kicking around a burning ball? I'd just kick around the burning. <laughs> <ball>. <laughs> Pick around, kick around the burning ball. All right, nice. Yep. Similar thing that we would do was we'd take a uh, hairspray and spray it on a tennis ball and then light that on fire and, and throw it back and forth. <laughs> there were no points. It was just, you know, at, just at night. At night. It, night I mean, tennis ball. It looked cool. Flaming tennis ball. You, and you know, you know,
3: at some point, it, it is the risk factor that yeah. you're dealing with yeah. because obviously this is all insane.
1: Let me go to uh, Steve O. Hey, Steve O, how you doing? My only
7: radio?
1: Yeah. yeah. Hey. Nice. What's up, Steve? <laughs>
7: Uh so at uh my cousin's get together that we used to have uh every year, um after everybody got, you know, their drinks in them and everything, this happened at the end of the night, we would uh get the biggest watermelon that we could find and uh it would get lathered up with baby oil and then you would throw it into the pool <sighs> and whoever would able to was able to get the uh watermelon out of the the pool with baby oil would win. That,
3: that's a good idea.
7: We yeah. Yeah. Do that I've too. Heard, yeah, I've heard about that. It,
3: yeah. it, okay, that's a familiar game to you guys. Mm-hmm. Wow. Could you just do it with a baby?
5: (laughs) But it's you know what? It's really difficult difficult. to get because the the object of the game is to get the the watermelon back out of the pool. So whoever gets it out of the pool wins. But it's pretty hard to get it out.
6: Hey, Preston, what if you doused a golf ball with some type of um, flammable liquid? Could you play a a hole if it was on fire? uh,
1: I mean, it wouldn't stay on fire. You don't think so? No.
6: it would
5: fly through the air, right? It would.
1: As it goes through the uh, air, those things go... It go too fast. Yeah, it, it would. It would
6: absolutely. Out. Wipe I'm just trying out to think quickly. of what what other things you could light
1: on fire. I know. I am too. <laughs> fire makes things so much more fun. Uh, let me go to. I'm going to go to Matt. Hey, Matt, how you doing, buddy? Hey, hey, what's hey. up, bud? You guys rock. Thanks, Appreciate it. Casey made up this game, or his friends made I it. His brother it. made up this game, uh, which is Fire Jenga. But what do you want to tell us about?
7: Uh, no, I was. Telling you, I was going to want to tell you about my dad uh, when he was a kid. He had two older brothers, and they all slept in one room. And uh, they used to have a game called Law of the Bat, and it was a woofle ball.
1: Bat. <laughs> Law of the Bat. Okay, the I'm interested. Bat
7: goes in the center of the room, and all three of them were on separate, you know, sides of the room. And they would lay on their beds, and as soon as the lights went off. They'd all rush the bat. So whoever got the bat got to beat the living snot out of Jeez. the other two while the other two teamed up on that guy.
3: So so this is in the dark. So the, the, oh, the, dark, the yep. bat's placed in the middle of the room, the lights go off, and then it, it is, they've got to run to get the bat. Whoever gets the bat has carte blanche to beat the piss out of the other guys. It's a
7: battle royale. And then if you get the bat off the other guy, you turn on your partner and
1: you beat the crap out of him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Man, did whiff- you guys now? Did your parents know you were playing this game? Oh no, this was my dad. He told me about <laughs> it. <laughs> dad, wow, I love yeah, it. I was wh- an only child, so I had to beat the crap out of myself.
7: You know, yeah, it's yeah, depressing. It wasn't the same. All
3: right, thanks, man. Wiffle ball it. bats used to be awesome uh, weapons. You know, did you ever have wiffle ball bat fights? Oh yeah, we did all
1: the time. Yep, they were fun. Uh, hang on, the- okay, let's go to Rick. Here's it. A- and by the way. Uh, A disclaimer, don't try these things on your own. (laughs) These people have have survived this, to tell the tale. I'm going to go to Rick. Hey, Rick, what's up, buddy? Not much, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, Gadzooks, man. All right, so tell us about your game.
7: So you uh, have a bonfire, Uh fairly low flame level at first. You put about two or three pallets on there and have everybody stand on top of the pallets. And uh, pretty simple, the last person to jump off wins.
3: (laughs) Run
1: this by me again.
2: How many pallets do you stack on top of each other?
1: Sometimes too, but it
7: depends how uh, how intoxicated you
2: get. By the it's way,
1: I've have seen pallets burn; they go up quick, fast, yeah, yeah, yeah and hot. And uh, yeah, cold. so you put you stack them on top of each, uh, in the fire. You get a low you get a low fire going, just a few logs, so, and then you exactly put you put it off three with. pallets and on the fire. Everybody stands on top. Last one on oh is the winner. God, last one off. Last one off is okay. winner. I'm sorry. It, um, that our, sounds dangerous. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. the name? of Did you guys have a name of the game? Pallet game. For pallet sure. game. pallet oh, game. Temporary Morgue. <laughs> Dear God. Did you ever win it? Oh yeah. Yeah, I usually win it. Did anybody shoes? Anybody ever get hurt?
7: Uh,
1: not
3: seriously. No, not seriously. Wow. All All right. No way. No way am I playing the pallet no. game. No,
5: I'm not gonna play that yeah, either. Yeah, that
3: one I'm <laughs> that one I'm not down with. Uh I'm not even keen
1: on Casey's game, much as standing in the fire. Hang on. Ed would play golf with his feet. What? How do you do that? Hey, Ed, how you doing?
7: Good. How you guys
1: doing? Good. So tell us about this game you made up.
7: Okay. So me and my brother were at my aunt's house and she had a golf club golf course behind her in was winter time. And we were bored as hell in
4: her
10: house. So we went and found two balls in the woods. And we said, hey, let's play around." So off the tee box, we chucked the ball as far as we could. Pick it up at the next
7: day of the par four, Pick it up again. But when you got in the green, we put putt with our feet. And we played nine holes <laughs> with our hands and feet. Okay. So you were
3: throwing the ball to get up on the green, and when you got up on the green, your foot became your putter.
7: You got it. All right. That's not bad. what would you name that game? We had to name it. We never did. Wow.
1: Uh, uh, Hand wedge.
11: Oh, I like that.
2: You
1: like it?
11: I love
2: it. All right, there you go, buddy. See, I'd like to play that maybe with like an aluminum baseball bat, because <laughs> throwing is it's fine. You don't really run the the risk of getting it into the uh, the rough or or you know. And if yeah, I know. Should you be not You hit the ball with an aluminum bat, yeah. you're going to get a couple hundred yards.
1: But yeah. still, it's a game. Yeah. you know, somebody would be better than another. When we were just in Sweden, my buddy Will and I, we had some. Uh, we were at the house and had some time to kill, and we saw that they had. Uh, uh, my wife's aunt had an, an apple tree in the front yard and the apples were small. They were about yeah. golf ball size. Right. And they were falling off left and right. And we found a seven iron in the house. Oh. So we made up a golf game in, in the yard and, uh, we would, uh, we'd take a beer and you would set the beer somewhere in the yard and that's the hole. Okay. And then you'd pick out a tee box area and there's just however, whoever got the least amount of it to, for the apple to hit the, uh, uh, the beer bottle okay. was the winner. Uh, or you won that hole because it's not like a, um,
2: an even roll,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was difficult to do. He said that he used to play a game like that when uh, he was in a fraternity, and they would make the pledges be their caddies, uh, <laughs> and they'd have to hold their beer for him and, sure. and uh, set everything up as they go along. And that, I'm like, dude, that sounded like fun. See, and it up, was fun. We had a good time.
2: We used to play slam ball when I was a kid, uh, and that was just essentially it was uh, like you know like a wiffle ball or baseball. But we used a tennis ball and a tennis racket and you would hit the tennis ball as hard as you and as far as you possibly could. But um, you would you would uh, ultimately hit my neighbor's tree that hung over the street. Yeah. And then it would the the ball would pinball through the tree branches and you would try and catch it that way. So at least there was some sort of a challenge.
3: It was almost like uh, like uh, the price is right. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Like a a Blinko. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: All right, let me go over here to uh, Eric because I want to find out what underwear wrestling is. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, how you doing, man?
7: Uh, hey, what's up? What's, what's the word, guys? Uh, uh, good word. word. Wow.
1: Everybody's heard <laughs> <the day. laughs> All right, Eric, so tell us about your game.
7: All right, so it's actually a random game we used to make up, and the name that we have for it is totally random. It's called Panda. Panda. Right? And what you do is you, you and your buddy are in the middle of a pool, and it's basically something you want to do in an above-ground pool. And what you do is you let all the air out of your body so you know you can get real low and yeah. you know, touch the ground. And you look at your buddy, and the rules are you can't choke him out. You can only use your hands. So what you got to do is you push him out of the water. And you wrestle for a little bit, and it gets hard because, you know, you're, you don't have much breath in your body, and you're wrestling, you know, I had another guy who's pretty strong. Well, my buddy of mine, he would always cheat, and he would choke you out a little bit, and then, you know, he'd get up, you would argue for a bit. And we actually have a reigning champ, and he actually listens to this radio station. His thing's packed. He's never been beat. He's always won it, and we even do this for years. He's so in high school. So just, just to explain, you're, 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 are you
3: the, the goal is to throw the other person out of the pool? Not out of the pool. Above, you have to push your, your
7: opponent above the water.
3: Okay. So
7: out of the water. So
3: you're that's underwater, it. and you got to get them above the water line, and yeah. that's how you win.
7: Meaning? You're wrestling your body underwater and pu- trying to uh, push them out of the water to penetrate the... Yeah. You know.
1: Okay. All right. So at, at any point of their body that breaks the, uh, the surface of the water, that's considered and a win?
7: Your foot anything you have okay. to make sure you stay low and it's hard to actually stay in the water and try to actually push your opponent right above the water every time all right
1: and by meaning that you can't use your legs at all is that meaning you, you can't stand up
7: no you have to try and stay parallel to the ground and you just use your arms and your hands to just so that's in with the... your buddy and push them out
1: so the water's got to be kind of shallow then yeah, he's yeah, saying an uh, above-the-ground pool. Yeah,
7: above ground pool only, because we, we thought about doing an in-ground pool, and we're like, what if we slide down? We're screwed. Yeah,
3: you, cause, especially since you have no air in your lungs, because you forced yeah. that out. What I would say uh, is a great way to add a lo- another element to this game, put an oil slick on top of the water and
2: set it on fire. Yes. <laughs>
7: that would be awesome. That would be-
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you, you would only be able to wrestle for a little while until you actually lost breath. Right. So either yeah. you won or you had to submit.
7: Yeah, no one ever <clears other. throat> It was always a winner And it, we'd always go after Everyone would challenge Our buddy Pat And he would win No matter what And would
2: Pat Pat would choke
3: you out You said Pat Pat would choke people out
7: No Pat was the one Who actually abided by the rules Our buddy Eddie
1: Would choke somebody out Eddie O ch- Of course oh, Son of a bitch Always choking people out Interesting Panda Is yeah. the name of and the name And is game.
7: Pat a big guy Pat yeah he, He's a pretty big guy He actually was a wrestler he, That's actually how We kind of got <sighs> close In high school We were wrestlers And you
1: know From there on out Yeah have, You know Came by fun. He was right. a water wrestler. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. Here's <laughs> one. No, no, Somebody just uh texted in uh strobe light pillow fight. What is this?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like oh, this. Uh, that sounds like fun we, though. We did like we turn out all the lights. So we
1: did pitch black pillow fights, but strobe light pillow fight. That's another level. Oh, uh-huh. like we uh, could darken the studio up pretty good. I like that. Uh on a strobe light. Let me go next to Jeff. Hey Jeff, good morning. Good
7: Morning. How are you?
1: Good. What's up, Jeff?
7: All right. Me and my buddies uh, came up with this game. It's called Kicking, kicking and Burning. Kicking and
3: Burning. Oh, what God, a
7: clever dear. name. All right. <laughs> so uh, I was about 17 years old, and we were at a friend's house who has this large plot of land, all well, the parents did. And uh, they were having a bonfire, and, uh, you know, teenagers get bored. And uh, I noticed that there was a bunch of cardboard boxes uh, the side, so we took about five or six or so, stuffed one inside the other, and uh, sprayed it with a bunch of hairspray. Of course, and uh, you know, lit it on fire and started kicking around the yard, and uh, you know, kicking it, burning, <laughs> you know, burn the, uh, burn, the, uh, the <laughs> burn the night away. Burn the night away. Was there no- a
3: goal? Was there a way to declare a winner?
7: Right. Uh,
3: whoever didn't get burnt,
7: uh, but my buddy actually did. Get burnt. Uh,
3: <laughs> so whoever made it out without being injured was the winner.
2: Yeah, you guys need to think the rules. Yeah, out Yeah, the rules bit had to better. be refined. Yeah.
3: I like where you're going. Yeah,
1: and I like the name, kicking and burning. Yeah, all right, thanks, Jeff. Uh, hang on, I got to go to this one. I'm going to go to Tyler real quick. Hey, Tyler. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, buddy, we're talking about a game <laughs> that uh, Casey's buddies made up uh, called Fire Jenga. What is your game called?
7: So my game is called everybody, but Tyler. <laughs> and, uh, it was when I was little, about five years old, my brother and my cousin, Patrick, who are five years older than me, I really wanted to be their friend. So I really wanted to play a game with them. And their game was that they would grab me by the hand. Um, one of them would, and spin me in a circle around the yard and throw me as far as they could. <laughs> and whoever got me the farthest would win.
3: Oh my So God. you were a shot put basically.
7: Yeah. I, I literally was. And, uh, <laughs> I thought it was so much fun. When my mom saw them playing, you know, they, they got in a whole lot of trouble. I thought it was fun, and they wanted to play with me. So that was, you know, it was the ultimate payoff. And so right. the game
3: is called Everybody But Tyler. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well You know, when you're a little kid, though, and you want to be part of the group, you'll do anything. Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Post bastards. Sons of bitches. Exactly. Thanks, yeah. Tyler. Appreciate it. All right. One more. And I've heard of this game before. It's uh, Joe. Hey, Joe, how you doing?
7: Hey, how you doing, guys?
1: Good, Joe. So tell us about your game.
7: All right. Well, the game was actually called uh, Beat the Belt. And uh, pretty much, you know, everyone picks a designated safe spot. One person goes out into the yard or wherever you're playing, hides the belt, you know, as best as they can. And then the rest of the group, after, you know, the game starts, they go out looking for the belt. Whoever finds the belt pretty much gets to beat the heck out of anybody <laughs> Until they get to the safe zone.
3: Yeah. All right. So the person with the belt now becomes like a berserker and can chase everyone, beating them with the belt until they get back to their safety zone.
7: Yeah, absolutely. And it always kind of was like there was the one weakling from the herd who always just gets caught <laughs> off. Oh <laughs> oh, no. What was, the,
3: what was the, the, the initial rules of hide and go seek? If you what, was there, was Thanks, there, Joe. was there an element to hide and go seek that was like that or a more so hide-and-go-seek, you go out, and when you find someone... And you hide-and-go-seek, tag. Hide-and-go-seek, tag. Well, there's And
2: then hide-and-go-seek, punch. Uh,
1: sometimes there was a base. A base. That's uh, what I'm remembering. I'm think, I think you might be thinking more of kick the can. Okay. Uh, okay. You played capture, you know? Yeah, so there were a few things that had a base that you had to get to, and, and if you got tagged before you got to the base, you were out, or you were it, or Isn't something
6: like Isn't Ghost in the Graveyard basically reverse hide-and-go-seek? It is. Yeah, but you just do it at night.
1: Yeah. Uh, But anyway, I had heard of the belt game before, but I had heard... In fact, somebody had called in and told us on the show one time. It was just called Hide the Belt. Bottom line, somebody hides the belt where it finds it gets to beat the other people. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's a simple game that speaks to me. Not a lot of rules, Mm -hmm. but a lot of payoff. But uh, Casey has a post of them playing Fire Jenga. Uh, which is not, it doesn't involve wood. It's a—it's uh, the glass pieces in a uh, propane, in, in, a, in a gas fire pit. Yeah. And each person tries to pull out a piece of glass, which is hot, by the way, and set it in front of them. And if you drop one or if your glass falls off of, of your area, then you're out and it just goes down to last man standing. Yeah. As you said
3: before, though, it's probably a good idea not to do stuff with fire. Yeah,
2: right. and you can see in the in the post that I did here, uh, Fran Grady lost in the first round. And I just needed to say that publicly. Fran Grady (laughs) lost in the first round. Fair enough.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Uh, It's amazing what you will come up with uh, in in the backyard (laughs) of a Delco house when you really don't have much to do. But thanks for sharing. More of the Preston and Steve Show podcast after this.
3: At Steven Singer Jewelers, everyone gets the perfect price. No coupons, no sales, no negotiating. Feel great about buying a diamond. Visit Steven Singer, the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly, or online at IHateStevenSinger.com, always with free shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price.
12: Now back with more of the Preston and
11: Steve Show podcast.
1: So our next guest has a lot of cool things going on. Uh, one of them would be the fact that there are two Grammy nominations for <laughs> yeah. uh, the upcoming awards ceremonies. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Rock Album of the Year, Rock Song of the Year. Uh, last year was in town to play the MM MMRBQ, and I also saw that uh, Metal Hammer named the album prequel Metal Album of the Year. Please welcome the man behind Ghost. It's uh, Tobias Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Morning, yeah. Tobias. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, I, I want to apologize ahead of time because your band has been around since 2006. You guys have developed this wonderful following and success, and I'm pretty much new to Ghost. Uh, I've heard of and seen pictures and so on and so forth, but have now just recently been introduced to what you're all about and and all that. Um, so my questions may come from the perspective of a, of a new India fan. Fight. yeah. No one's perfect. It's <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> as opposed, well, listen, because I know how fanatical your fans are. Last year when we announced it, that you were going to be playing at our festival show, the Barbecue, I was in Lowe's, and a guy came up to me, and he recognized me, and he said, oh, you know, hey, I heard you guys are having ghosts on the bill. I said, yeah, I go, are you a fan? And he pulls up his sleeve, and he's got a big ghost tattoo on his arm. I was like... Oh, not the fans the band's at that level. So you've got some very serious fans. I mean, some people that have been with you and uh, are tried and true, and um, that's got to be that's got to feel wonderful. And and it's been kind of a, a slow build. You've played and played and toured and worked and just kind of like a snowball gathered more and more along the way. Correct? Yeah, I think that the biggest,
12: um, not the biggest step, but 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 going from very little. To something from nothing to something um was the, when the first album came out and yep. then once we started touring we you know i, I all already had my mindset quite clearly that what i wanted to do with my life so once i got the opportunity you know we started touring a lot and that that obviously takes a lot of time and it's a long round it's a long way to the top see, to it, it seems
3: that you that you did what i think is a really cool proper trajectory you you um sampled and and played in different genres of music you are a, a, you know a, a very competent musician yourself and and have been evolving into your your sound and how to get your sound out there. in other words it happened through attrition incrementally and that that i assume lends a level of confidence as you start to go along and start to pick up steam i mean you've everything from I guess straight up, you know, punk to uh sort of an alternative sound to uh to a heavier metal, like a like a I guess like a like a death metal or as a reading over the the history of the band, um, you know, uh, uh all these different iterations and, and I think as you're probably going along, correct me if I'm wrong, you're able to sort of pick things that you like and, and sort of uh make them into your own. Was was that the process?
12: Yeah, basically. Yeah. When when uh, when the um earliest seeds of what became Ghost was planted and, and 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 nurtured. Um I had several different um projects or bands. Right. Uh that was that all were um I guess a little bit more niched. I've never been like well well my death metal band was kinda straight but but it was still when I was doing Repugnant, there was definitely a lot of older punk ba- punk fans, punk guys. Right, right. That were like, oh, I can clearly hear that you you like Dead Kennedys, like, right, yeah. So it was still like very mixed in different vibes. I mean, my my musical background where I started uh, have always shown through to some extent. And then it might not be as as evident as p- some people want it to be, like very very clear, easily you know, to classify. E- yeah, right. easily classified No, I hear and, you, and easily detected. Yeah, uh, and even though I I am uh, physically not today maybe so much, uh, but but I, I always uh, you know try to wear a lot of influences on my on my sleeve. Yeah, but not necessarily musically. It's not like I want it to sound like one specific thing. But when one the one thing that got me very very. Um, Feeling intuitively freer, free, freed up yeah. doing Ghost was because of the the mash between so many different things. It was I could utilize a lot of my sort of more extreme metal um, chops, yeah, uh, riffing wise, and mix them with uh, basically AOR sort of choruses, mm-hmm. which that's, that surprised us, and that's honestly we've talked about that many times on the show.
3: Between the and to, and to Preston's point, when we were first starting to be introduced to the imagery of Ghost. right, and then heard the sound, and we had, we had some fun oh. with that because it was it was like they're, I, they're all different things and 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 different. You know, you I, ha- I'm sure I you had an immediate.
1: I I initially thought I was going to hear, you, you you know, know, right. that mm-hmm. that death metal thing, and then I hear this really smooth melodic voice of yours, and I'm like. Wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, this is a different thing. There's There are melodies here that I wasn't expecting. Right. Yeah. And so it was surprising. Uh, I, I want to get to, I'm going to get to prequel, the album, because I do have some questions about that. But about you and the band's persona and these characters, Papa Emeritus and uh, Cardinal Copia and, and all this, you pulled off something. And I know you were a Kiss fan. You were younger. I was well. They were, you know, they were just these rock gods to me. And they did makeup, obviously. But we knew. Who Gene Simmons was, we knew who Alice, you know, even on the Alice Cooper side. Alice Cooper is a perfect example, though, in that in that line. But we knew these names. You, however, managed to say it was a mystery as to who you even were. Mm. How did you pull that off? Because you were already playing with other musicians around Sweden. People knew who you were, and all of a sudden, how did you hide you and and the other members of the band?
12: Uh, Hiding myself was probably the easiest thing. It's harder to hide other people, right? right uh especially since uh, uh you know most people that would hang a a guitar over your crotch ha does so or do so for for uh usually a few different reasons and one of them is usually because you want to be seen and uh i am no different i i also want recognition and i um, you know as, i'm i'm as, as exhibitionistic as as any other Artist, <laughs> right, right. You know. Uh, however, this is—I guess this is the this is sort of key to understand what what Ghost was to begin with. It was just one of my projects, okay, to begin with, okay. And it just happened to be something that I felt very strongly for as we, as I was working with it. Mm-hmm. But before that, I was—I was very much in the—I, you know, in the. Public wanted eye. to be become a big recognized person, but since Ghost happened to be the thing that 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 happened and 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 made it for me, I also became very fond of the idea of maybe not being so recognized.
3: It's interesting yeah. because President mentioned Alice Cooper, and there's a great documentary. There's actually a couple of documentaries about Alice Cooper and Alice Cooper's agent, mm-hmm. um, and there was you know he had a, a similar trajectory in that he was there was a what was going to work for him, and when the the creation of the Alice persona came into being, that's when it, that's when it, it worked. It, it 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 propelled him forward, and 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 so they were. You know, it sounds like you had all these different things. You loved this aspect of it, and this just happened to be the one that took it. It wasn't as orchestrated as say, we need an angle. It's it's like this was one of the things you loved, and it just happened to. To sync, but it wasn't it wasn't an orchestrated effort to find
12: that angle, correct, not in two thousand six, okay, yeah, no at, th- at that point it was it it was a project, yeah, and therefore you could distribute your different avenues, whatever you know, into like I want this project, to... oh, oh let's be anonymous, let's be dressed up, let's right. do that, yeah, and then you could wholeheartedly do that, if I had known in two thousand and six as the first songs were written. That this is going to be your life's work, man. Right, right. Uh, I might have taken a few. I've I've, I've done a few stupid <laughs> decisions in yeah. my life, obviously, but right. but 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 I would probably start screwing it up. Okay, but just because okay. of those years of 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 um, uh, development, I think a lot of the things that when when we finally sort of hit the market in 2010, I think a lot of that. Groundwork that that was done before that before there even was a band, right, um, aided the um, um, the impression that people had when we when we got out basically, and and then to answer your question, I think it was very much on the well, uh, you know, the uh, it was very much because of people liking it, and they liked the idea that it was anonymous as okay. opposed to most other things on the market where everything is very over in exhausted. your face.
4: Yeah.
12: Uh, With that, with the image and and the theatrics
1: that come with it. And speaking of Alice Cooper, I saw an an interview with him one time saying that, you know, these bands would come up to him and say, oh, we got this great gimmick. This is uh, this, blah, blah, blah. And his reaction was, that's great. Where's the song? Hmm. Where's the song? So it comes back to music being obviously the most important because if you don't have the music to surround the theatrics and so forth, you're not going to keep people. And so music is obviously is is that the most important part of ghost and the creation
12: oh of course without okay. that you we don't have a it's it's like having a a fantastic uh location and a really nice interior but if you can't serve the food right <laughs> yeah no one comes because What's you have nice chairs yeah, exactly
1: <laughs> uh so let's talk about prequel uh some wonderful stuff on here and and a really surprising uh, saxophone solo, really? That Came out of nowhere as I was listening to that, uh, and that's on an instrumental, which I was delighted that you have on the album as well, because I'm a fan of progressive rock and and uh, and conceptual rock, and I miss really good instrumentals, mm. uh, which I thought was uh, was really cool. Was the sax uh, your idea? And by the way, question before that: Do you produce the albums, or do you have
12: a producer that that does that work for you? I usually work with a producer. Okay, but I'm I'm very. Um, I'm very opinionated. Okay, so was the <laughs> saxophone uh, your idea to fit into a metal album? That was my idea. That yeah, was really cool. Nice. It's really well done. Yeah, I like. I mean, I am a big fan of uh, saxophone in general, but I mean, I'm a. i am I like a lot of uh, as as most people do. I think if, if you like rock and roll, there's certain moments certain songs that I that I've always been a big fan of, and and. uh, uh Bruce Springsteen has a few songs where, you know, it, when you think that it cannot be more climactic, all of a sudden there's a saxophone and you're like, yeah. Ah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It just screams like uh, nocturnal big stadium rock. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Stones does that as well. And, and um, so it, for me, that's associated with like, that's the higher gear. Okay. When you thought you could... Not go any, it's like in Back Goes to the to Future, 11. yeah, Back to the Future th- 3, when they put that sort of extra wood in, and, and <laughs> right, all of a right, sudden, right, like, right, right. <laughs> the train takes <laughs> off. Yeah, 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 that's how you, that, that, that's the yeah, yeah.
1: Uh Some interesting work with keyboards on it as well, because to my ears, I heard uh, piano, pipe organ, uh, hammond organ, I heard some awesome Moog synthesizer in there as well. Mm. Uh, who is, are,
12: are, are you a, a pianist, or do you play keyboards? I I would not call myself a pianist. Okay. I'm not I'm not a like uh, I I cannot sit and play a concert. But I I I like to write on keyboards and I like to um I I definitely utilize that very much in my my writing. But um, in the
3: in the studio it's you you've you've done I I think I was reading I forget which album it was but you basically just had a like a session drummer and you you played virtually all the instruments yourself, right? Is
12: that at some point or another, everything that's been on our albums, I have played. Okay, uh, but but, but not,
3: not for the live performance. Obviously, you need your your. It's not
12: your position. No, well, and and usually now on the later records, uh, a lot of the uh, things have I, I like for them to be recreated by someone who plays it really well. Yeah, because I mean, I am I am a little bit of jack of several trades when it comes to playing. I'm a, I'm an able drummer. I'm a right. Quite good bass player. I'm a quite good guitar player. I'm a. I can sing, like me, very good. Well, yeah. I'm very good at like harmonizing. If I had a, if I had a better singer in front of me, I can harmonize really well. Okay. Um, but I'm not like. I'm definitely not a saxophone player. I um, I can't play like a piano. Right. But, but I want. I know exactly how I want it to be played. I know mm. that. Oh, this is the figure. This, this is the what I want you to do right but i can't play it i can i can sit and with you know the technic wonders of today you can sort of place it in the computer so on the demo you have a lot of the things that i have played but it, it will sound so much better if you give that track to i have a friend his name is Salim, who's uh an absolute he's he's a he's a god gifted like he's a wonder yeah he, he's he's one of the best musicians ever. So anything that I would do on a keyboard ha- or a Hammond or, or a piano in a computer, he would play the out of. Yes. <laughs> he would play it like a, he wrote it himself and, right, and right. absolutely masterfully. And he'd do it blindfolded. And that pisses you off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's to my great advantage. Yeah. It's, a, it's a joy working with that. Right, so why right. not... Utilize someone Ex- like it. that who does it way better.
1: We've been playing uh, Rats and Dance Macabre off of a prequel. Um, and I was curious, in, in the song Rats, which is an awesome opener, by the way. It really kicks off the album well. Uh, who or what are the rats that you're
12: referring to lyrically? Those are actual physical rats. R- rats? Yeah, rodents. Okay, rodents. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come right to the chase, no, yeah. no, no deeper. <laughs> <laughs> um, just the right um, hey, when I, want... when, I, when I talk about fire, I, I mean an actual you mean fire, fire. <laughs> I mean burning. It's not yeah, symbolic. Okay. Not symbolic at all. Fair enough. Rats Fair enough. and fire. Right. Everything is just <laughs> completely literal.
1: I w- I was wondering with the with the with the Papa Emeritus characters and and now Cardinal Copia and probably more characters to come. That's just a guess. Uh, is is there potential for? For a, a film with all of these characters of any sort, you're a
3: horror film fan. We know that
1: I am,
12: and well, uh,
3: that would seem a likely transition.
12: Possibly, my biggest wish right now is actually to make a pinball machine.
3: A
1: pinball
12: oh, machine? Yeah. Are, uh, are
3: you a, a player yourself?
12: I love pinball. <laughs> oh. That is rife material and, for a pinball machine.
1: Yes, and from yes. from
12: like the amount of characters and like mythos that we have, yeah. That's a little bit more my focus right now. Really? Just knowing that I want to make a pinball pinball machine. machine. We've finally enough, like. Fodder to sort of like yeah. make that now, yeah, a million bucks and I never would have guessed <laughs> no. that, that Tobias,
1: Tobias wants to create a, a pinball, pinball b- machine out of goes. That's I brilliant. Sense. Do have you an play entire it? rock career.
12: Oh, I love pinball. You love predicated right.
3: on, on a pinball machine, but that would work because pinball is it's it's a yes. Yeah. It makes total sense.
12: It's a long way to the top if you want to have a pinball machine. That's, <laughs> 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 do, you, do you own? Do you own any pinball machines yourself? Not no, okay. not yet. All right, but it's definitely I have a long. Yeah, like a purchase list of things that I want right. in my in my so called man cave, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right.
2: So your your um your live show is very theatrical. It uh, so he's asking about movies. Um, have you ever given any thought to actually creating a musical,
12: uh, something that can be seen on Broadway? I I have. Uh, however, I think it's the, the one different aspect of what i have in mind mm-hmm. as as opposed to other rock musicals is that uh most other rock musicals i mean except for uh tommy i guess and and uh, a few more but um is that we're not technically a, an historic band so we wouldn't be like a like it, a legacy it, yeah. No, it would not be yeah. a legacy thing where where there would be a retrospective, of right? Of, of all but all I our don't songs. even mean
2: ghost. I but, mean, I mean Tobias Forge creating, writing a story and the music and, and oh, all of that, right? Yeah, a la Phantom of the Opera, but um, but more um, ghost, uh, ghostish, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah.
12: I uh, well, this is where where I guess it becomes a little bit schizophrenic because it's uh, how I mean, I am not like a big. Artist myself, okay. yeah. Um, I am a, I guess, a s- somewhat successful songwriter uh, uh, now. But I, I think that my, um, um what do you call it? Like my, mon- my value okay. is ghost, okay. And my writing via ghost, and just because of of the imagery and 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 the the, the little bit of a legacy we do have, I think that the 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 best way to explain. What I would propose to a production company is basically a little bit like, speaking of progmans, a little bit like Goblin, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Ghost would be like the composer of the track. Okay. And we would lend maybe a character to play the main character, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah, You'd, you'd yeah. have like Cardinal Copio or Papa Meredith to Can play it- the character of this villain. Yeah. Okay. but still you you obviously i'm i'm i am not a screenplay writer i i wouldn't uh i would probably not entertain the idea of writing the whole thing myself i i would probably do a story that I already like a lot mm-hmm. that I would love to put music on and then try to do my rendition of it okay but with someone else obviously because it's a big endeavor doing a, a, a Let's just say that we are we are looking at the prospects, and we know it takes a lot of time and a lot of collaboration. And okay. you're a
3: little busy right now.
4: <laughs> right. Yeah,
12: I'm busy, and we we've been talking about it for years. So we're 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 very much doing the political stuff right now and trying to to achieve that. Right, but that is still like four or five years in the in the future.
1: Ghost is playing the Tower
12: Theater. Uh, I wanted to ask on, a, on for a practical question and uh,
1: playing these characters, Papa Emeritus and and uh, uh, now Copia. Uh, The Cardinal seems to use less makeup. Is that, are you just loving that, that you have to do less makeup
12: now? For me, it it, it is not less makeup. It's it's
1: more makeup or
12: or it seems about No, it's the
1: same amount of
12: of makeup. It's just less colors. Okay, all right.
1: Now, with that, uh, because one time I did my entire face-up in makeup for Halloween, (laughs) and like five minutes into the party, this stuff's getting in my eyes. I'm sweating. It's running all over the place. What do you do to keep that from
12: happening? Curse a lot.
4: Curse yeah. a lot. You just deal with
3: it's it. going to happen
12: regardless. Yeah, no, I uh believe me, some days I really, really hate it. <laughs> yeah with passion. I'll bet you do. Yeah. Yeah, it's very complicated and it really makes life so much harder. And now
1: with the with a cardinal you, you, you put a uh a thing in your eye. Contact right? like a contact in your eye.
12: No, I've always done that. Yeah. Have you with always everyone? done that? Yeah with with the, yeah. with the originally yeah, it was supposed to be two, but I can't have two because my one of my eyes just rejects it, it really? no kidding really? yeah it'll, it'll just pop out that's why it became like that well, okay <laughs> you, you have
3: to and you have to watch when anything you're screwing around with your, your eyes with talking about the imagery um and uh you're, you're a fan of the the kind of the era of horror films that i am a fan of the the 70s and 80s hmm. uh you know and I, you're a fan of uh stranger things as well yes i am yeah yeah and that that, that sort of thing how much does that sort of stuff inform your music, your, your love of horror movies? Uh, you know, is it just something that runs concurrent or do, do,
12: do the influences uh, seep in a lot? Uh, the historical impact of, of all the films that I've seen is definitely, yeah. I could definitely, a, a lot of the things that I'm doing with Ghost specifically is very infused by my, my love of cinema Or in general. general. What's your favorite uh, favorite horror movie of that time? What would you? What's the? F-
3: I have to ask the question. What is your favorite horror movie of all time?
12: I usually differentiate be- between the films that I find cool, yeah. and find the films that I find good, yeah, uh, because those are not necessarily the same things, right? I, uh, you know, I don't want to swear in in church more than I am <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> on a daily
4: basis.
12: <laughs> Being okay, paid for, right? Uh, but. <laughs> But you know, I'm, I'm not going to throw anyone on under the bus. But but a lot of of the classic, well known cults uh, directors, specifically Italian ones. At the end of the day, I must say that some of their works are more cool, yeah. than they are masterfully done. It's like Dario Argento or Mario Bava, uh, these guys, Suspiria, and things like that. I love those films. Yeah, but from um, if I if I want to from a strictly cinematic point of view where i where i regard like all the things that goes into a good film not only photography and and, and, and scenography and and right and story but also the the idea of having parallels and, and and dynamics and and all those things that is important for a film unfortunately at the end of the day i think that the best horror films ever made were made by the big directors that hasn't really done a whole lot of horror films besides those. And that that, that is The Shining, and that's Jaws. And and, and The Exorcist was William Friedkin. Yeah, the, yeah, there yeah. you go. The yeah. Exorcist, like... And because, unfortunately, the horror horror filmmaking is a little bit troubled by the same thing that I think a lot of metal is. It's written, and and it's performed, and it's executed from such a fan perspective that sometimes the... The idea of making like a groundbreaking movie, yes, is sort of lost, yes. because you just want to make this tribute to the horror film. I agree, section. yeah, and that's why when you know Kubrick makes a a horror film, he makes a film. It just happens to be horrific. <laughs> yeah, no, I can. But see But he goes that. with the same the same mindset that he would make uh, Eyes Wide Shut or Two Thousand One or, mm-hmm. or 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 you know. There was a special
3: and, documentary recently on Kubrick that basically said exactly what you just said. Yes, he was not looking to make a horror movie; he was making to uh, um, to create a movie that had horrible elements in it. Yes, and 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 tried to avoid common tropes in horror movies, and and you know, but that I, I, and and. That's how it becomes a classic. But it's it's interesting. Yeah, I I, I agree. Actually, Eli Roth has a uh, great series. Mm. Have you been watching that series? It's it's, it's all horror directors talking about the uh, the state of the uh, the horror film now and and their past favorites. And it's probably something you would like a, a great. Yeah, deal. I've not
12: seen the series, but yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. obviously familiar with his work. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So it's very cool. Um, well, listen, uh, Tobias, we want to thank you for coming by here. You're a very nice guy. It's very nice to meet you, and we appreciate you coming by here this morning. Well, thank you very much for and, having me. and continued success and and uh, and uh, good luck with the uh, the Grammy nominations and congratulations yes. on that.
12: Thank you, thanks.
1: Yeah. Enjoy your time in Philadelphia, Tobias Ford. Yeah.
0: Guys, yeah. Ghost. Thank you. W under You know that yearly family. One where everybody shows up to hang outside, enjoy good food, great friends, and plenty of cold beer. And while it might be fun to watch Uncle Joe do a keg stand. Drug,
4: drug, 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 ah!
0: MMR's family picnic has a kick-ass rock bands providing the entertainment. Shine down. Cause it's about to get heavy. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, the Struts, and Plus GA performances from Fozzie, Bad Wolf, The Glorious Sun, and Suravo. Bud Light presents MMRBQ 2019, Saturday, May 18th, BB&T Pavilion, WMMR.com. For details on $25 lawn tickets, hit up the rock shop for this year's MMRBQ t-shirt presale. Order now in time for the show. Presented by Bud Light, brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice. And sponsored by Rita's Water Ice and Godchall's Turkey Bacon. 93.3 WMMR Everything that rocks
1: I noticed something oh. Earlier this morning uh, Ladies I- and gentlemen He has returned
3: He is the noticer Noticing things Everywhere down an empty alleyway across an empty field in a, I don't know, a parking garage. Yeah, yeah something like that. I just kind of see that like three or four stories. Tall. Hey, so
1: here's what I noticed. Uh, I noticed that Casey was uh, was seeking out some kind of an odor in the studio. Yes, and... the elusive odor. Yeah, and what was it? What did you thought you'd, you'd smelled earlier? It, when I
2: walked in here, it smelled musty, like almost like um like a manly musky smell? <laughs> no, like no, an musty, old... musty, not oh, musky. Mu- like a musty, like old... <laughs> Cigarette on uh, clothes like Like a, like a okay. really old cougar smell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not before
6: you walked through the door. No. Because it was I, the first thing you said to me this morning, and I don't have the nose that you have, and I certainly don't have the, the nose that Kathy has, but I didn't smell it at all today.
2: And nobody smelled it, right? I was okay. I, I was the only one who... Uh... But then again, you had just come in, so it's quite possible you had
1: brought the smell with you. Possibly, but... Not that I you don't... were the the reason for the smell. Well, the reason that I bring this up is because I saw this study that was done. You saw
3: something. I did.
1: (laughs) And it it pertained to what Casey was saying, but one in 15 Americans smell odors that are not there.
5: It's in our nose? Yeah.
1: Where else? What do you think? No, you, you smell with your like eyes. Like hanging out eyes. in there? Yeah. See with your eyes. Not no, with no, your no, hands. no. I don't
5: mean you smell with your nose. I mean, is the scent no. actually in your no. own nose? Kathy's here no, Kathy's really
2: no, no. I've seen her. Just, <laughs>
3: it's, if something's fresh and she's checking it, she holds it up to her ear. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It means that it doesn't
1: exist, and
3: it's your brain. It's just... It, uh,
1: phantom ah, smells okay. the yeah. same
3: way you, you think you might, um, you know... Uh, Maybe see something that you're not seeing.
1: Mm. Okay. It's another sense. So a new study reveals sometimes people (laughs) smell scents that aren't actually present. Researchers from the National Institute on deafness and other communication disorders. Is it possible to have things like a smell-rage? Like a mirage? A (laughs) smell-rage. I like that. Uh, They looked at data uh, from over 7,000 participants over the age 40. uh, From a three-year survey that ended in 2014, they found that while the ability to identify odors... Tends to decrease with age, which is true. Uh, phantom odor perception seems to improve with age. My, how, how are your olfactory capabilities?
3: They're good. Mine are really good, and and I can pick out, um, like you know, my wife put me on pee patrol in the house if she thinks there's you know a cat might have whizzed somewhere, mm-hmm. and I, and I can do it. I also and I and I to check it. I bought one of these blue lights they use to check for semen in hotel rooms, and that'll light up too if there's cat urine and everything. So I'm I'm really I'm really good, but a lot of times she'll see me around the house. She'll hand me stuff and just you know when
1: she's doing laundry here. No, it's good. My grandmother lost her sense of smell later. Did in she? Life. Yeah. Uh, D- you did, who, which
3: was her taste affected after that?
1: Yeah, it was. Oh, wow. Okay, it definitely was. You know who else has no sense of smell? RC. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is why he was able to do Casey's taint tattoo. That's right. With hey, a straight face. I also showered that week. So, oh, okay. Uh, and... Thank you for <laughs> Um
2: My wife, for as terrible as uh, sh- uh, sinuses as she has. Has a wonderful sense of smell, and uh, and it's got like so. I'm gonna make you smell so I'm gonna, good. Oh <laughs> smell so good. No, she. Um, <laughs> one night I was sleeping, and she had just opened the basement door. I don't know why, but and she smelled something at the top of the steps. Yeah, woke me up. She's like, I think something's burning downstairs. Well, there you go. You're mm-hmm. talking
3: about something where I really vault into action, and I yeah. will go on around the house. That that. Lingering, slight, mm-hmm. burning smell. Yeah. And, and I told you guys, actually, it was just recently, I was in the house, the windows were open, I, I'd come home, and I'm like, there's something, something, something. And then what had happened was a small plastic lid in the
2: dishwasher had fallen down and was melting at the bottom oh, of the wow, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I had to, I went downstairs into the basement like a bloodhound, just kind of walking around and sniffing and... and You're you're, you're not good, though? You're, you're, no, I could, I could smell it, All but... Right. I mean, it's pretty wild. Uh, Were they that, escaped convicts? No, but I I was um following the smell like a, like a dog would, and yeah, and, uh, I not not the tree, but like, uh, like right. how a dog <laughs> would smell, and I eventually I, I did find it. And what had happened? There was a uh, like a floorboard heater, and we had this little area rug that had gotten for some reason lodged under the floorboard Dude, heater. You could have had a
3: horrible situation. Yes, if you it, I watched a, a special about um and believe it or not, it was fascinating about how dogs um smelling and their they're not how they physically smell their ability to suss out things through odor and like when they can they can sense things that have happened in an area like a month later like you, you bring a dog like you're walking around down the street and you think okay they're just smelling freshly de- no they can they can they're smelling weeks back and and it's really a way for them to locate everything my dog like if if my dog has ever smelled something in a park somewhere mm-hmm. She always checks that same spot again because she thinks, well, that it, it's, it's going to be there again or there's right. still a lingering smell. The amount uh, – uh, the way they perceive the world around them is so based in smell. If you ever see a dog out on a breezy day, press your dogs probably do it as well, where the wind is blowing – and their heads go up, and they're they're like absorbing the whole world, you know, through their through
2: their noses. Yeah, I wonder if that's why if that's why dogs like to stick their head out car windows, you know. I don't. Is it the breeze or is it the smell? It's like speed not- reading. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's wild that a dog can smell poop, right, and yeah. not smell just the poop. and eat it. Then, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's the ultimate irony, isn't they, it? But they're smelling all the hints of like.
1: Yeah. That's well, nice. that's why they're, they're, they they jam their mm-hmm. noses in each other's asses for, hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the data showed about 6.5% of Americans age 40 plus experienced phantom odors. You ever have uh, this? The researcher, I think I have. Okay. Yeah, where you're certain you smell something and you ask other people around you, you smell it, it, it and, and they don't. Do you smell Howard Hughes? And they don't uh, They don't uh, pick up on it at yeah, all? Yeah, yeah. It's probably
3: happened. My before. wife has a terrible sense of smell. Right. Ter- ter- her hearing's not uh, that good either, but... Uh, mm-hmm. You uh, keep her around anyway. I, you know what? Like she makes <laughs> a hell of a Sanka.
2: Yeah. I wonder if... <laughs> what? If, if, <laughs> Is that a line? <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: Whatever.
2: like an old commercial thing. All right. But I wonder if, conversely, there are... You know, there's got to be people who don't smell things that are just there. that You know, like people with body oh, sure. odor, for instance.
1: Like, how can you not... Well, there's, there's, you mean your own body odor? Yeah. I mean, there's nose blind. Yeah. Nose it, if, blind. If you're around it long enough, you don't smell. I had some friends that uh, loved them to death, but when I would go over to their house, it smelled, they, they had, they, they had three cats and I mean, that ammonia smell was uh. just pungent and I had owned cats as well. So I knew the smell I knew the smell and when I would walk in I'm like, this is almost unbearable. Mm-hmm. And they never said anything about it. I never said anything about I, and it. and you feel you
3: feel bad because you now we have nine cats and we have nine cat boxes. I defy you because we first of all, we 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 it there twice right? Yeah. Twice a day. And just a, and this is a, a shout out to a great product. I like to pay it forward, Arm and Hammers, uh cat limits. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Unfreaking real. Slide is the one that we're using. It's like the, uh, the song. Me too. Scoop right, so but also it kills the odor like nobody's business.
5: It do, it actually does a pretty good job. Yeah. Um I think I might hire like a staff member to take care of my cats if I had nine cat boxes. I, right? <laughs> you need like an employee. Uh, but I mean, I but have. To, I to, to Preston's point
2: though, that's
3: where no, that's where you become nose blind. You're living in the house, yep. you're experiencing it all the time, and
2: then you just become dead to it. Yeah, but not. Well, maybe after like a long, 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 long time, like we're talking years. But yeah, you don't go noseblind if you leave and then come back the second you come back right no 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 no, no. you you can you're used to the
3: smell you can go out you you go out shopping for a couple hours and come back you're not gonna go oh my god this house is doused in piss i just remember people have been living in it 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 just kicks in and and they they okay this is what it smells like i got it
2: yeah what if you were to go away for maybe like a month and come back you might get it i just when i was in the boy scouts we stayed at uh camp delmont they had a, a cabin and we stayed in this cabin, and it, Steve, it smelled terrible, right? Yeah. But once you were in there for a little while, it you became nose blind. You didn't, you didn't smell anything. But there was there was no bathroom in the cabin, so you had to leave the cabin to go to the bathroom. So that you would leave
6: and then come yeah. back, and you would have to go through that that smell all over again. Casey, I went to Camp Taqua when I was a kid, and my son went there this year. I went down to uh, get him um, set up and everything like that. The, ca- the cabin smelled the exact same. Terrible? No. Well, okay. Uh, maybe, but whatever, it was nostalgic. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, I, if you had bottled it and brought it here, perhaps it wouldn't be the most pleasant smell. But for me, it's a, it, it evokes pleasant memories. Sure. So therefore, in my mind, it's like... Um uh, like a skunk you know some people find it uh, putrid i i actually don't mind that smell at well, all well for
3: for many it reminds
2: them of a uh,
4: smell good, good, good weed. weed yeah, yeah.
6: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: unless <laughs> it's like old pasty buds yeah, <laughs> yeah. hey have you guys Buddy. Run, uh downstairs on the third floor in uh the Beasley suite down there yeah. if you go down all the way down to like the west part of the uh of the building okay it smells Terrible down there, and because I, I, I have to go well, down. That's there where every the butcher day. is. No, no, I have to go down there every day to um to deliver some paperwork. Wait, yeah. like
5: where MGK Studios are?
2: Yeah,
3: I know
5: what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh-
2: yeah, and every that
3: well, that's where it's- Debella keeps his euros. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's
5: no. Old. To me, it's it's an old smell. It's older down there. The studios mm-hmm. are older. The no, there's like boxes and filing cabinets. Music's
1: like- older. The people are older. you <laughs> <laughs> <the studio>. <laughs> know what I meant.
3: We're oops. we're old, smelly people. Leave us alone. No, that's not What, what I a meant. horrible no. thing to say about our sister station.
8: <laughs> I didn't even think of it.
2: <laughs>
8: Dear, <laughs> go away. <laughs>
2: classic. Dude. Did okay. you bring us pudding? <laughs> it's an old, musty
9: It's an old,
4: smell. musty
9: smell. Yeah, yeah. You, you like know what? Like Somebody
2: go Decaine down there French. right now. Somebody go
9: down there right now. like old people. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, one in 15 Americans apparently smell odors that are not there. Mm. So it's, uh, it's a phantom scent, and uh, they don't know exactly why it happens, um, oh. but they're trying to figure out why they do that and uh, find ways to prevent... Or treat the condition because it, it's important uh, for you to smell things you know that might be dangerous. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm ready for the
3: noticeer. Okay. <laughs>
1: okay, go ahead. There we
3: go. Uh, from the noticeer as he delves into his list of things that he's already noticed, so you don't have to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why I do it. Yeah. How about this? Another interesting one. Ooh. A new study finds the luckier you think you are, the more luck you'll have. So it's sort of a self-fulfilling approach. It actually says at the top here, luck is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay, mm. so
2: I
3: have had this feeling. Mm-hmm. It's like a self, the vagina is a self-cleaning oven, as yeah. Tyra Banks told us.
2: <laughs> I have had this feeling for the last couple of months. That I am going to win the lottery. And I don't know why. You know, it, it stems from a dream, not like a Powerball lottery, yeah. but like a scratch-off ticket. All okay. right. Uh, I just, for some reason, have had this feeling that it has not happened yet. By the way, guys, uh, I have not well, one in, in Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool
3: two. The the um I'm forgetting her name, the character who's lucky all the time. Oh yeah, Domino. Yeah, Domino. Domino. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, I I think you can affect to a certain point your level of luck? I think what you do is you maybe just increase your odds
1: of being in opportunities where you can be lucky. Uh, It also has to do with optimists and pessimists. It says here that the study... Uh, was uh, they had participants complete the life orientation test. That sounds interesting, doesn't it? (laughs)
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, So like the SAT. uh, Revealed if uh, participants were optimists or pessimists. Next, participants rated the luck of people in ambiguous real-life stories as unlucky, somewhat unlucky, somewhat lucky or lucky. The scientists found a connection between how optimistic a participant was and how lucky they thought others were. In other words, the more optimistic the participant The more they think others are lucky and the more of uh, a pessimist they were, the more likely they were to see others as having bad luck. Ultimately, researchers have found that two people with identical experiences may frame the same facts completely differently. Of course. And the way they'll tell themselves their story will dictate how they feel, how others feel about them and even their future luck or lack thereof. So you you kind of make it what it is.
3: Do you label yourself an optimist or a pessimist?
1: Um, I think I'm an optimist. Okay. You know, um, I, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm not... I'm not overtly one or the other. I can't. I don't always err on the side of let's be positive. Let's see the positive in this. Yes. A lot of times, my initial reaction on things can be a negative one. Oh crap! Great. Oh, that's awesome. You know, uh, very <laughs> sarcastic. Very optimistic. Yeah, doesn't it though? Oh, this is awesome. But I think I think more so. I like to consider myself an optimist. How yes. about you? Yes, I would say I, I, with the, with a caveat, which is that you know I.
3: I i i am good at saying at saying um okay, this may not be good, but we have this you know i I can always sort of look, I, I, I will see the light in everything i'm I'm a wonderful person no, yeah. i i I, I, just, I feel
1: fortunate if that means yes anything.
3: blast and all that stuff I think I can see uh, you know my, and my my mother kind of was very responsible for that in me you know she was sick and stuff she still managed to always see positive everywhere and I think yeah there's as long as you're as long as you're
6: Your eyes are open. You're in the game. Keep going, you know? I'm going to be a nerd and make this about uh, Harry Potter for a second. All right. Uh, There's a luck potion in one of the Harry Potter uh, books. and Is it just a placebo? uh, It's both. Okay. And so um, uh, the way that J.K. Rowling writes about it is um, sometimes it is a self-fulfilling prophecy because uh, Ron ends up not taking the potion even though he thought that he did. And he has great luck as a result because he he goes in confident thinking that he had taken the potion. Yeah. And I think Uh... it's a really good way to frame that kind of a
1: thing. Okay, it makes kind of makes sense. And I the notion
6: so. that you make your own luck,
1: right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can.
3: Uh, and even
1: let's... deeper from yeah. the noticer
3: Yes, he's going into our souls, peeling back the layers, and showing us all
1: we're all human. All right, we've gone a little deep. God
3: bless the noticer
1: We went uh, we went a little deep on those. We uh, went
3: really deep, like three knuckles. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Want something a little lighter?
3: Something lighter from the noticer.
1: Uh, how about there are a lot of different things I have here that are worth bringing up. Uh, okay, tearing through page after page. How about this? Uh, there was a poll of a thousand Americans that uh, reveals uh, their travel bucket list and how they feel about them. Seventy-seven percent they actually they say they have a travel bucket list, but it's just three percent of that group say that they've actually visited all of the destinations. On their list, I would hope that my bucket list would never end of, of travel Yeah, yeah uh, you know why? Uh, I mean? Well, I'm
6: done. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, always want to. Mine's, wanna...
1: mine's lifelong. Yeah, uh, 52% say that they are likely to visit a destination on their bucket list. 45% say they are unlikely uh, to visit it. The top reason is it costs too much. Obviously, because you know you're going to aim pretty high when you think about bucket list. Um, never stops the hobos that you may want to go to. Other reasons for not traveling to the destinations include uh dreaming big but not following through. What's your number one destination on your bucket list? Number one well, I guess furthest destination uh would be New Zealand. Okay. Um and, and that is that's like that's retirement. Uh, travel because it takes too damn long to get there and it's really expensive. And, uh, you know, um but I mean, it, every time I start to consider, okay, we got to start thinking about family vacation this year, where you want to go. And there are things like, you know, there's obvious ones like, well, we should go to Hawaii. But then I think about, wow, the American West, I want to go back and I want to explore that a little bit more. I've never really done much exploring in Canada. Um, Wally, your, World. Uh, Wally World. Wally yeah, World. I mean, yeah. Come on. Um And, uh, you know, I'd like to go to Iceland sometime. Iceland. Um, Japan for me. Absolutely.
3: I'd love to... Actually, I'd like to go see, you know, Russia.
5: Iceland's not that far, though. No, No, it's not. it's not.
6: Nick's been there. I went in March. Yeah. 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 And it's uh, five hours or so. It's uh, closer than England. So um it's it's very doable it's expensive um so if anybody's thinking about going to iceland uh save now because it and there it are stone
3: storms <laughs> yeah yeah uh,
6: wind is uh, is a serious <laughs> issue um uh, my bucket list for my life is uh all of the national parks in the u.s system and how many are there by the way there are uh, 59 or 60 depending on how many you count uh the farthest one away is an american samoa i think so it's like uh wow. somewhere way out in the pacific past hawaii and there are eight Alone in Alaska, and I haven't been to Alaska yet. So Whoa. that yeah, Bill Bill went to Denali last year. Um, it's amazing, and it, it is. I, I haven't been. Um, I've heard it's amazing, uh, uh, but Alaska alone could warrant well, multiple trips. Yeah, I mean, uh, Alaska is like half the size of the United States. So you you could, and when you go to uh, there's a place called uh, Gates of the Arctic National Park. You can't drive there. You have to be flown in. They drop you off, and then a week later they come back and they pick you up. I think there are more
1: private planes in any state uh yeah. in in alaska <laughs> yeah. there, there are more pilots in alaska than in any other state it was a huge state but it's a big way to get around because of so many remote locations you have to you have to do it that yeah. way uh, you could fit texas
3: and africa
1: in alaska not africa if you africa. didn't put africa if you didn't how about you uh what what's a uh japan definitely japan, japan, yeah. Casey? yeah you got any
2: uh, mm, yes everywhere I, I, but so you haven't really thought about it. No, oh, no. You, well, I mean, I,
3: what, what about on a, on a more refined? I mean, on a bucket list that does I've got to get. I would
2: like to get to. What, um, what's in the I would like to get to? Well, Sheboygan. So, Sheboygan. Sheboygan. No. I, Sheboygan. I was the conservatory at, uh, of music. I was at Joshua Tree State Park, or I'm sorry, National Park. Uh, a couple of years ago, but I was only there for a hot minute. So I need to get back there and spend more time there. Uh, you, you mentioned American West, like I need to do Glacier, um, Yellowstone. That's actually Jellystone. I got to be a Jellystone, Jellystone Park is yes. great.
3: Watch out for that Ranger Smith, though.
2: Um, so uh, um, uh, Big Sur, oh, like I, I, there, there's sir. just so many, and like I, I want to do like America before I do anything else.
3: Yeah, you know? no, it's it's certainly well worth it. I I, right. I actually I. I I thank my years in stand up for getting me around uh, everywhere, you know, every state in the country. It's
2: it's it's amazing, you yeah. know. Uh, there's still a lot to see, though. I want to drive across this country so terribly nude. bad. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> if I had to do it nude, then,
4: then I would do
1: that. You know, I I have a hard time finding those uh, those locations that you that you don't think about. I mean, I I I always gravitate towards the obvious ones. And Nick, you've ended up like your last uh, couple of vacations, you've ended up in spots I've never heard of before. And then I see pictures and I'm like, dear God, how have I never heard of this? You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you pinpoint these locations? Uh, Just a lot of research. asking around or you just look online? Because online tends to send you in the same directions all the time. Right.
6: And I think one of the great things about Instagram and one of the uh, curses of Instagram is that People will post these uh, exotic locations that are attainable, and, and, and you can get to them. Um, sometimes they become overly popular as yes. a result. So they're, they're really cool photos, or they're neat places, Um But, yeah, I mean, I ended up at a place called Maroon Bells uh, on my uh, Colorado vacation. Never heard of it. And and most people haven't. And it's these incredible mountains. It's it's not a national park. I think it's a national recreation area. It's not too terribly far from Aspen. Um, But if not for probably, if not for some online posts, I I don't think I would have known about it as well. But, you know, the way that I do it is I look at a map. Uh, I love maps because I'm a dork, and, and I will start narrowing it down from there. And I'll be like, all right, I want to go to Colorado this summer. Here's a bunch of different places that I haven't been to. I And, and for me, like when you start planning around national parks, uh, the other um, parts of the trip start to fill, fill it, themselves yeah. in. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, even right in our backyard, like I was uh, during the time off, I was hiking a lot and
3: the Wissahickon Trail and all the various trails around here. There's some beautiful areas mm-hmm. that a lot
1: of people don't don't, don't realize. You're just right in your backyard when when. Uh, the day arrives; at retirement enters my life. I when you can't uh, smell anything. I, when I can't smell anything anymore, <laughs> no, I want to travel. It's what I want to do. It would. My and, dad does. My dad's ninety. And if I were to, if I were to hit the lottery, like you're going to very soon, Casey, I would spend my time traveling. It would be so it's much fun. A, it's a big old world. It yeah. is a big world, it's and a big right now, country it's, too, man. It's just expensive to get there, and
2: that's the that's the issue. Well, so, I told you earlier. Yeah. It doesn't stop the hobos. No. Ride the,
3: ride the rails, ride the rails.
6: Yeah, uh, you and Ironweed heading that, off to Montana. That's what those van life people do. I mean, uh, you know, they yeah. they travel the West, mostly the West, although it is really is around this, the country. But they do it um, on the cheap, and you don't. It does not have to be a sixty five hundred dollar night place to uh, to enjoy what this country has to there, offer. There
3: was some videos that they posted up uh, the uh, the couple, and uh, they were at uh, these these hot springs. that yeah. they'd, they'd found
1: it just looked looked like paradise. It was awesome. Yeah. I wonder if it's paradise all the time, though. Well, hey, unless you can fit my big screen TV in that, van.
10: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. I'm going to go to Joe. Hi, Joe. Good morning.
10: Hey, President. Steve. How you guys doing? Good. What's Good. up, Joe? So in the summer, we usually spend two weeks and we just travel around. So mm-hmm. this year we drove from Minnesota, southeastern Minnesota, to Yellowstone. And then yeah. Yellowstone up to Glacier. And mm-hmm. then Glacier, way back, we crossed Wyoming. And away back from Wyoming... We stopped at this park called uh, Teddy Roosevelt State Park. Okay, it was like the bad the badlands of North Dakota. Wow, it was really awesome about it because we didn't even know there was badlands in North Dakota. We, you know, the badlands around, I uh, get uh, Keystone and stuff like that, where the you know um, where the faces are in the mountain. I always forget the name of it. Thank you, Round Rushmore. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, they're in- Round <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. It's okay. Go ahead.
3: I was not impressed. You, well, you're looking at Round Mushmore. Turn Behind you is Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that round. <laughs>
10: uh. <laughs> so we, but it's really, it was really cool because there was um, wild horses there in the Badlands, which was really weird, along with... Um, you know the, the Bison and stuff like that. You the saw you
6: horses. saw you saw wild horses. Yeah, Joe, yeah, I, I was reading nice. about Teddy that's Roosevelt awesome. National Park. It, it's actually it's um uh it's a national park in North Dakota and it's split into two different locations. And the reason that's I was right. reading about it is that the two best places to see wildlife in the United States are Yellowstone National Park and Teddy Roosevelt National Park. Okay. No Exactly. Yeah. Where's Mount Mushroom? We,
10: we at Mount at Mount Rushmore, right? <laughs> so we, so that was the thing, though. We and it was great for taking pictures at night. The stars, there was billions of stars.
4: Oh my God!
3: Um,
10: I mean, places you know, like
3: Monument it, Park, or you know, any yeah. of those things. It, it's Monument sure. uh, Mark. Yeah, Monument Mark. Amazing. <laughs> yeah.
10: And it wasn't. And it wasn't. Remember, we. So what? The one thing about Yellowstone and Glacier is we It's outside. Out in Glacier. It was it was awesome. It was right on the lake, looking at the mountains. Yes. And then Yellowstone, we stayed at um, Old Faithful
1: Inn. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, I've been Very to Yellowstone cool. three times. It's uh, it's amazing. And there, are so, but but I, it, you know, and that's the big that's the crown jewel out there. But there are so many other little spots like the Teddy Roosevelt uh, location. I was not aware of. And much more. Uh, and and Mushmore much more uh, someday. Yosemite. That's like,
2: a, that's another one. When I want to go to. Yos-
1: it. I've been. It's incredible. It was closed for a week. Uh, they're, for they're, painting, uh, no, no for for fires, uh, fires, yeah, no. But they—the uh, uh, thing about these parks is—is they've—they've really become overrun with tourists, I know. and it's—it's so, it's and too to, many animals. Yeah, I, I mean, come on with that.
2: I, I felt the same way when I went to Acadia a few years ago. I was like, man, it's to, so crowded here. But when we went to watch sunrise on Cadillac Mountain, afterwards, everybody went home, and we went hiking, and that was the best time. Can okay. I tell you how to how yeah. to
3: get it open and get get it all to
1: yourself? Start a brush fire. Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly. It's see. just great. You'll see the crowds part, and you'll have it all for yourself. All right, interesting. Well, that was uh, just a couple of things I noticed this morning, but uh, maybe you have a bucket list. The uh, Noticer
3: has just told us about bucket lists, mm-hmm. and then earlier
1: he reached into our hearts and made us better people. I try. This has been The Noticer. We'll do it again sometime.
7: More of the Preston and Steve Show podcast after this.
3: At Steven Singer Jewelers, everyone gets the perfect price. No coupons, no sales, no negotiating. Feel great about buying a diamond. Visit Steven Singer, the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly, or online at IHateStevenSinger.com, always with free shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers,
11: one place, one price. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast.
1: First world problems, we've all heard the term before, right? You feel embarrassed to uh, sure. to say you're having an issue. Look, there are real problems in the world. Yes. But there are some things that are just a little annoying, and that's all there is to it. And, they and call, if they're
3: happening to you, they're much more important. And they
1: call those first world problems. <laughs> but a new study from uh, Goldsmith University asked thousands of young adults about these little problems. And so they asked people in their 20s. And then they asked a number of people in their 50s what their biggest worries were 20 years ago. So there's a comparison. Interesting. Yeah. This might actually
3: be a good survey.
1: Yeah. So the differences between the answers were a bit stark. Now, keep in mind, these are young adults are asking now. We're asking people in their 20s, and they look in hindsight of what they think their problems were back then. They probably wouldn't have been the same thing had they asked them in their 20s when they were, you know, actually of that age. But anyhow, it's an interesting perspective. So, the differences, let's get to them. The top five gripes of young adults today, okay? Number one, having to wait in the house all day for a delivery because there isn't a specific time slot. (laughs) I hate that. Yep. I don't... who doesn't like dealing that? with it right
3: now? Yeah, yeah. All right. So you're talking. You're not talking like
1: like Amazon packs. You're talking like an appliance coming by or something, yeah. or a, or a, a service. service. Yes. And they give you a four hour window, and you're like, yes. But I work. I'm closing that four hour window. You supposed know? to be
6: home today in between the hours of noon and se- uh, mm-hmm. seven p.m. Mm-hmm.
1: I got to tell you something.
3: That's the the rate of accuracy in these different companies as they compete with each other. Has gotten a lot better. I, I've I've not had to wait home for like five or six. That that window is a big. That's a full door. That's not yeah. a window at that point.
1: Uh, number two, forgetting your login password. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this would be my wife. First world problem. Uh, three, leaving your phone at home. Uh, do you do that often? No, I'm surgically attached
3: now, and, I, and I'm not constantly looking at it. But so much that I do. And everything, my home security and everything runs through. You know, I can access it through the phone. So, and I have unlimited streaming, President. But that's another story. Every-
5: I forget it sometimes when I go to Target and then I can't scan for the cartwheel.
1: Ah, uh, what do you do? She <laughs> right? How do you get by? How Sport, do you get by? She <laughs> yeah, puts a vest of dynamite on. <laughs> All right, here you go. First world problem number four: no free Wi-Fi <laughs> at the hotel. That Wait, you're staying at. Yeah, right. I
3: here. Here's the deal. What?
2: Uh, the hotel doesn't give away free... Many oh, of them don't. Of don't really. Many of them, of them don't.
3: Yeah. And a lot of times it's the ones that are w- uh, pricey that should be including the free Wi-Fi. Wow. that yeah, do not. Right, yep. right Preston?
4: Yep, absolutely. You- you're coming
3: in, you're paying a premium dollar yeah. to huh. stay at a place, and then they're going to charge you $12 a day for Wi-Fi?
1: Mm-hmm. And then uh, number five, the first world problem list, the buffering sign when you're streaming something online. Yeah. <laughs> so these are these are first world problems. And then I'll see what your first world problems yes, are Yes. you want to share.
2: Okay, uh, here's one for me. A 15-second commercial for a 30-second video on YouTube or something like that. That was going to be mine. <laughs> oh,
3: sorry. I, means, uh, no, no, right. no. I agree. Thank you for bringing it up. I, I despise so I. the commercial that's longer than the material you're going to watch. Mm-hmm. Stop it! <laughs> Pop-up ads. That's mine. Full-page pop-up ads.
5: Full-page, where it takes over what you're looking at. And then slows
3: down the loading time on the website. Don't tell me your village doesn't have enough food. I have to see what's on this page. (laughs) On my computer. Come on. The malaria shots are coming, but I can't read this website.
1: (laughs) All right, so older adults said that they worried about most in 1997. Number one, having a happy relationship. Uh, Number two, earning enough to pay rent and bills.
4: Yeah,
3: I mean,
1: those are perennials. Number three, whether they can afford a vacation or not. Uh, Number four, saving for their first home. And number five, when they got photos developed and most of them were overexposed. (laughs) (laughs) This is what people Um, reflecting back on. I think these... Uh, no, not when if you no. in 1997, when you were if you were in your 20s in 1997 and you were asked then, you would probably give similar stupid answers that were. I agree.
3: You know, I agree. I, I I think this is sort of the proverbial rose colored glasses. Yep. I just worried there's not going to be enough enough love in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, nine, nine So you were about 1997.
1: Were those the concerns of yours at that time? So basically, you were at Y one hundred. Nineteen ninety seven. I was already thirty years old. Right. So I, I was. I was. You're you out know, of that li- group. Life was progressing. So take and, it back a few years. And I started to worry about how home and, and and salary and all that stuff. So taking it back a few years, you know what? I did. I did have concerns about finding someone to fall in love with. Yeah, I remember that. You were twenty nine years old, right? I called a freaking... I called a, an online psychic one time Really, see I would ever oh. find my soulmate. Was it Was it that right, uh, Jamaican? It wasn't her. It, it was Young my, man, what's your name? Miss <laughs> Cleo? It it, was pro- yeah, Miss
3: Cleo. <laughs> I didn't what's get What's going on, sweetheart? You say you can't find the love of your life. You say your feet are beautiful. <laughs> and that the ladies don't seem to respond. Uh, uh, what's your name? I see here it says uh, Captain Blackfingers.
1: <laughs> uh, my big concerns would probably be like... Uh, Uh, Not being able to be at the big event that was going on that week or something. Uh, uh, It was Fogo, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, FOMO. 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 Andrew Cuomo. Fear. No, not Andrew Cuomo. Fear of missing out. That was a big deal to me back then. Marissa?
5: Yeah, funny you say that because my big problem this weekend is I can't find anyone to go to the Eagles game with me.
1: (laughs) That's your first world problem? (laughs) That's my
5: first world problem. Where's your dad? 215
1: 263 (laughs) WMMR. Who wants to go to Marissa? Yes. Marissa to the.
2: No. My cousin will go with you. He loves you.
5: <laughs> oh, Georgie. Yeah. Hi,
1: Georgie. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are like Marissa. Are Are you out of your FOMO yet, or you still have a little bit of that? I mean, you never miss anything. But no,
11: I like just like to go to things. Yeah, okay. I go to
5: everything. Um, I, I no, I think I go to I enough up, that up. I don't miss anything.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah. The, 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 yeah. That was the, really one know? of the interns next to Marissa. Go, I'll go with you. Yeah. I'll I'll <laughs> Here's an obvious one that, that I think is uh, transcending a lot of different uh, age groups is
1: uh, no place to uh, recharge. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. That could be a first world problem. Let me go to, uh, I'll go to some calls. Uh, I will go to Drew. Hey, Drew, good morning. Just like a runner <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I said I just like a runner hey. <laughs> What's your first world problem, Drew? So, we have two refrigerators, and
7: I'm cooking dinner, and I go downstairs to get all my ingredients. And inevitably, when I get back upstairs, I forgot
1: something.
13: <laughs> you know what? I have, what? I, have, I have food in two floors of my
3: house.
1: What the hell? Yeah. You know, what this world come to?
3: What's going on?
1: Man has to walk downstairs to get his extra ingredients <laughs> that he forgot <laughs> the first time. Yeah, there's no news coverage. They're all
3: focusing on the earthquake in Mexico. Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it. Uh, let me go. Does anybody else have two fridges here? I do. Yeah, we have, I, two I have
2: two fridges and a chest freezer that's not even plugged in.
1: We have, we have two fridges <laughs> and a freezer of which things have been in there for 10 years that I haven't seen.
4: <laughs> oh Why my do
3: we have that? So uh, yeah, uh, to me, that was a sign. I remember growing up when we got a second refrigerator, it was actually a freezer in the basement. It's like yeah. Oh my
2: God! Yeah, we have arrived. We have arrived. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We
3: can freeze meat
2: in the basement. <laughs> uh, what? We we have three fridges now because my mom's moving in today, okay. and she's
3: using it as a TV stand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have ziti uh, in my freezer <laughs> that's been there since my daughter's first communion
1: in May. <laughs> I don't think- or April. I'll take it. Uh, Is it available? Yeah, Nick will have it. Yeah,
3: he, He'll eat, eat it bar. frozen. <laughs> Whatever. Let me go to Pops. Uh, me. <laughs> CD
1: Pops. Let me. CD Pops. What's he hitting over there? <laughs> CD Pops. Pops. Bill Cosby's the spokesman for it. I <laughs> always room for CD Pops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me go to first world problem Sean on the line. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. All right, your first world problem, please. So I'm a young adult myself, and one thing that I
7: cannot stand is when I'm going to go get gas, and I drive down a mile down the road, and I find cheaper gas. <laughs>
3: <laughs> my, hey, let me tell you something, uh, Sean. My wife is the same way. Look at this. Mm-hmm. It's 50. 15 cents cheaper, I don't really, I go to the places I go, because it fluctuates, it's like gambling, sometimes you win and
1: sometimes you lose, good time Charlie's got the blues. I'm with you on that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let me go to Mike next, hey Mike, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, buddy.
13: Um, This isn't my problem. It's every morning. I'm I'm up before 5 o'clock. I watch Channel 6 News, and every day there's a commercial for California closets where this woman says, Oh, I was so excited when they turned the lights on in my closet, and they show this thing the size of your freaking bedroom with light fixtures hanging from the ceiling and a wall of shoes. Meantime, people are trying to get their kids out the door. They're trying to get to the bus stop. They're packing their lunch. And this woman's got a freaking closet the size of your upstairs. And it pisses you off, Mike, right? It
8: pisses me off. It's dangled
13: day. in front of your
3: face every morning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I hate it.
9: <laughs>
8: Meanwhile,
5: most closets, like, you know, if you live in an older house, the the hangers don't even fit in. Like, you oh, yeah. can't fit the uh-huh. hanger my and close the door. Built,
13: let me tell you something. My house was <laughs> built, I swear to God, in 1750.
2: Okay. okay. we right. have
13: closets. I don't know what clothes these people wore. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. So, Mike, so
2: my, my mom's house, the house that I grew up in, was built in the late 1800s. And they had to... Build new closets because the closet, like the closet in my bedroom, was just this little corner thing that you could barely hang a robe in. They wore the same clothes from birth till death. Mm-hmm. It's unbel- we believe me. I live down the street from where
13: Casey grew up, and our house is literally 260 years old. And I'm telling you. These people, when you look at pictures, they have all these freaking layers of clothes on. I don't know where they put them. They must have just piled them in the corner. They never took
2: them all. No, they probably had like a wardrobe or something along those lines that they would hang them up in. But uh, but the closet space, you know, my mom and, and dad's room... Um, <clears throat> there was just tiny little closet in the corner, so they had to build out a closet. Yep. Now we have oh, we, yeah. we, we moved
3: into our house thing. 1880. Thanks, Mike. A, 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 but they, there is there are a couple closets that I think that's where they hung their stakums because ah. that's how shallow they
1: are. <laughs> All right, I want to go to Brooke. Let's see if this is one of your first world problems. Hi, Brooke. Good morning.
9: Good morning, guys.
1: Hey, what do you want to tell us?
9: Oh, this is devastating to me. But okay. every time we miss a show, we another first world problem we don't have DVR but if we go on ma- on demand the next day and it's not there
3: yes I now I I listen I but people don't understand the importance of that uh, you watch TV oh it's cancer this and cancer that and no one makes up the DVR uh the the um the uh, you you get excited. You, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it. Preston, it's like when you say, okay, Game of Thrones. I, I'm looking for a new show to batch. Yeah, or yeah, and yeah, then, or mm-hmm. you, you go two seasons in and you're like, where's the third season? Yeah, and yes. then they sort of randomly decide not to include a
7: season.
2: Yes, I've had it, that it's happen. It's frustrating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brooke, I'm going to double down on your uh, first world problem. How about when you get a show on demand and you can't fast forward through the commercial?
9: <laughs> that <laughs> is not available <laughs> in <any case. laughs>
2: Yes,
3: that is the absolute definition. It well, they, at least at least they warn problem. you at the beginning. Hey, yeah. Certain yeah. functions may not be available during yeah, but you try anyway. You try anyway.
5: <laughs>
1: you try the- it a bunch <laughs> yes, of times. Like you maybe they, you, they forgot. Maybe you will, will
3: get shorter commercials. You will get yeah. shorter commercial breaks. Yeah. Yeah. They're quick. They yeah, don't bother yeah. me
5: that much. But you definitely still try to fast forward through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: By the way, radio commercials are incredibly fun to
5: listen. Yes.
1: Yes, they are. Ours are. Let me go to... I'm going to go to Brian. Hey, Brian, good morning.
7: Uh, how are you guys doing this morning?
1: Good, man. What's up? What's your first world problem?
7: Uh, when you pour a bowl of cereal or a cup of coffee, and then you go and you find out you're out of milk.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah.
3: That one <laughs> sucks. I have actually tried water yeah. in cereal just to <laughs> make it moist. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> nope. That's, that's a disappointment. Chocolate you, milk. You, thanks, oh. man. Well, you literally... You start to taste it. You're like, so, uh, Frosted Mini Wheats or what the, uh, there's a, there's a, Kashi has a cinnamon um, cereal that is phenomenal. And then you, you start tasting it in the back of your mouth. It's like, and then you have no milk. So you literally want to bleed out in a tub.
1: I'm going to go to. Sh- literally? Yeah. Literally. I'm gonna Literally. I'm going to go to, go to Sean. Hey, Sean, good morning.
9: Where are the sausages? Where are the sausages?
7: Where are the sausages? What's up, buddy? Um. Okay, so the other day I had a day off, so I was sitting on my, cu- my nice comfy couch under a nice blanket with my nice cat, and I had fixed myself a, a hot pocket, and I was watching TV, <laughs> and one of those, um, you know, starving it, – it's like the human version of the Sarah McLaughlin. Yes. It's a starving kids in Africa thing and I I took a bite into my hot pocket and I was just like, man, my hot pocket is just it's too hot. It's way too hot. <laughs> and then like I don't know what the equivalent song is, but you know, like whatever song they had playing was just like blaring on the TV like oh, I'm just
4: like,
7: I should go cool this down. This hot pocket's too hot. Uh, uh,
3: uh, I uh I, I hear you. Yeah. I and you know what? Those commercials for some reason <laughs> Go on, I think they buy like two to three minute chunks.
1: They do, they absolutely do. Sean, my question for you is: Did you realize at the moment what a first world problem you had, or, or did you just not real? Did you realize it till later on?
7: Yeah, no, I was cooling it off, and I the. gear, you're right. The commercial's like five minutes long, so it took me about two and a half minutes to realize. I was like, man, this this is a really ridiculous problem. Hey. No, but you know
3: what would be great? It's a picture of you, Sean, sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Blow, blowing on as as the, the, the family's in a ditch fighting off hyenas.
1: <laughs> yeah, the hyena took that. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Sean's problem is a pitch for it like a, Sean's hot pocket is too hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can help out, Sean, if you donate now. Will <laughs> you a <laughs> slow, sweeping movement across of him sitting there disappointed on his couch and his cat in his lap and his hot pocket. 25 cents a day. Yeah, exactly. Right. I
3: love, uh, you know, by the way, why aren't those rates available to us domestically? Yeah, right. For 7 cents a day, you can feed a family of 12 <laughs> right. for a year. <laughs> really? Right? How can we, we're, we're, <laughs> where do they have that here?
1: Uh, let me go next to. That's rates. Alex. Those
3: are very competitive rates. Hey, what's
1: up? Yeah, Alex, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, so, what's your, your first world problem you want to tell us about?
7: All right, so when you're going down a highway, but there's two lanes, and you're in one lane, there's nobody in the other lane at all, like for miles. Yeah. And then you get one car comes flying up behind you, <laughs>
4: and they just tailgate you. They have plenty of room to go around. Sure. But it, it irritates, and meanwhile, there's like third world countries where it's kids walking like 20 miles in sweatshops. Every <laughs> with, with
7: huge jugs of water on their heads.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> And
7: hyenas chasing them. And hyenas chasing them.
3: Nary a hot pocket in sight. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing (laughs) at (laughs) them. I would say this, Preston. You have a second to relay your story from uh, yesterday morning coming in? Another another person who self, a, a sense of entitlement on the road relaying to this story.
1: Schuylkill eastbound. Uh, they closed the right lane near Belmont. Okay, so I'm I'm in the right lane, doing you know just cruising along, cruising uh, uh, speed. And this is first world ish. Yeah, this is. And so I see down the road the the arrow saying you know the right lane is closed. You need to get over. So, so what do you do? I, so I get over. You get the, over. I in get anticipation. Over left lane and I had lots of room. It wasn't like I snuck in or anything like that. And some guy comes flying up behind me. We're less than a tenth of a mile from where the arrow is so he banks over into the right lane really fast and then he pulls up and we we are so close to the arrow and there's no there's a car in front of me okay so and not enough room for this guy to get over comes up around me and then i mean he came within yards of hitting that sign and cuts me off uh-huh. right and zooms over in the left lane I, like he was embarrassed to touch the brakes and come back and go behind me cuz he had uh-huh. already started and and I was I wigged out. <laughs> wigged out. I you flashed your high beams and stuff like well, that. Well, I, I put my high beams on all the way and I leaned on the horn the entire time <laughs> for about a half mile. Good for you. And I didn't let go and I was I was driving a car that had a lot of horsepower that particular morning. <laughs> so as soon as the uh, as soon as the, the lanes opened up Blue I pastel. I let him hear it. <laughs> Good. And I <laughs> I went up and around him and back, around behind him, and I, I played with him a little bit. Oh, good for you. I just, uh, the why balls. did you do that? It's a first world problem. It, but it, it is. But it was dangerous. It was flat out dangerous.
3: And this just brings up something. When you see that, when you see that sign well in advance and you see teaser signs to that,
1: move yeah. over then. Don't I, wait till the last second. I told Steve I was going to come in. I, I was, I was like this close <laughs> to coming in on the off chance that that guy might be listening to MMR and coming to <laughs> Kevin when he was on the air and say, hey, douchebag, that was me. <laughs> All right. Just a, just a rub in his face. But anyway, yes. anyway, my first world problem. Here is a first world problem. Maybe go to Greg. Hi, Greg. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, bud. So uh, what's your issue? What's your problem?
7: <laughs> this could just be me.
1: But uh, like even my chicken
7: parm, I like my chicken thin. And when I go to Chick-fil-A and they give me this thick piece of chicken, I just throw it away in the trash because I don't want to eat that. I don't want two-inch thick chicken.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah,
6: I love it when I get yeah, the extra thick trash. piece.
2: Oh, I'm with
7: Greg.
3: It's, it's like it's, like, it's <laughs> like so you say like excuse <laughs> me, you you gave me a pint extra gruel.
7: Yeah, yeah. Cut in half, make two sandwiches, give it to somebody else.
3: <laughs> he gets He's mad. mad. I agree though. As right first world as that sounds, sometimes they go crazy. Not me. With a det- like you need mm. a detachable jaw to eat
1: these I, things. When I bite into yeah. it, I'm like, ooh, I got a thick one.
3: no sometimes thick isn't good i like it Uh, all right
1: greg you hate it
3: thanks guys all right man see you later
1: (laughs) cut it in half freaking give it to somebody else
3: you know what though a lot of times like people say oh you get like a like a primo hoagie oh it's such a big you cut it in half
1: you have two meals yeah Mm -hmm. it's 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 a gift from god uh, all right, I want to go to one more call here. I'm going through. There's a lot of them. There's and so many good them. ones. Uh, I like. I like the
3: uh, number eight. That is about as first world as it can get.
1: Um, okay, let me go to uh, <laughs> no, Jim. Oh, Hi, Jim. How you doing?
7: Hey, man. How's it
1: going? Good. All right, Jim. Lay it on us. All
7: right. Well, I drive an Aston Martin, so I'm forced to pay for premium gas. <laughs> what's the What's the minimum octane you can
1: use in your tank?
5: Uh, like ninety two. Yeah. Oh my god! Do you god. really drive an Esther
1: Martin? Yeah. yeah? <laughs> but hang, so- hang on. Are you- high performance cars need. <laughs> you have to. You'll <laughs> screw them up. I yeah. I baby one of my cars yeah. that way. Yes, Jim. <laughs> uh, are you okay? Uh- <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm doing okay.
7: It, it just bugs me though. Are you uh, filthy rich? Tons of money. No, I'm not. s
3: As, and Martins are, are pricier, but they're not stratospheric. Yeah, okay. you can get a, yeah, yeah. it depends oh, yeah. on what model you yeah, yeah. get. But it's it ain't cheap. Because
5: usually uh-huh. when you see one driving around, like, I'm Ooh. like, oh, okay, If you want to take
3: one for a spin cat, he, there, a lot of them are in the Philadelphia rideshare.
1: share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I Uber <laughs> on weekends. Right. Sorry to hear about your problem, Jim. Hey, thanks. All right, see ya. All right, anyhow. Uh, first world problems, uh, according to this study, uh, include having to wait in the house all day because of delivery uh, for a delivery because there isn't a specific time slot forgetting your login password, leaving your phone at home, no free Wi-Fi at the hotel, and the buffering sign when you're streaming something online.
5: There is a guy that's on the line that he says he's not uh, liking, he doesn't like to wait in lines too long. We will have like a strategy if we go somewhere and we know there's going to be a crowd. We have a strategy so that we don't have to wait in the line oh, as no. long or so we can get, yeah, we can get in. Can you share yeah. it? I or... mean, no, like whatever it is. It depends on where we're going. Like if we're going to an amusement park, it's like get there 10 minutes before the gates even open yeah. so that we, you know, oh. you can get in the ticket line you can have yeah. your tickets before the
3: gates open you know oh okay. no <laughs> it's it's, have... it's a plan and i i I, uh, I admire that i would be the same way you, because the stress caused by waiting in a line yeah. just totally negates the joy of the experience
2: <laughs> kathy i thought you were going to say and i see people do this from time to time and it's it it's crap is uh is if you're there's two of you let's say you're in line for at the concession stand um they'll wait in separate lines Right. And then whoever
5: gets
11: there first. Yeah. Right. then
5: everybody moves Mm -hmm. over. Yeah. Right.
1: All right. We all got
11: them. Yeah. We all got these problems. So we'll get through it together. We've shared a lot of MMR stories during our 50th birthday celebration. This year for our birthday, we'd like you to share yours. Maybe you won a cool prize like a pair of concert tickets or even backstage passes. Maybe even a trip to London. Maybe you went to an MMR event like the Louis Louis parade or the cardboard classic or even Zappoween all those years ago. Maybe you've met one of us at a concert or a local club. Did you win a CD or a cassette or even an album? Maybe you got a tour of the station. Who knows? We want to hear about your MMR moment, whatever it might be. So call our MMR memory message recorder. Get it? MMR at 610-771-9666 and tell us your story. Stay brief and focused, just like me. We'll play them back during my MMR birthday broadcast, April 29th. We can't tell our story without you sharing yours. Together, we're 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.
4: Now, bizarre.
0: WMMR presents Kristen <laughs> and Steve's bizarre Desire final. When former AA
1: star Jason Richardson and his wife bought their four bedroom house in upscale Cherry Hills Village 3 years ago, they had no idea about the neighborhood secret. The house sits on a quiet tree-lined street where million dollar homes are tastefully set back with trimmed hedges and winding stone pathways. What Richardson didn't know when he signed on the dotted line was his house is one of about 50 in this Denver suburb or suburb that still to this day goes by a rather unique Uh, neighborhood name. Okay. It's called Swastika Acres. Swastika Acres? That's an unpleasant name. (laughs) Why? To be clear, there are no signs saying welcome to Swastika Acres. You won't find it on Google Maps either, but the name still exists on the deeds of several dozen homeowners, a remaining vestige of an old Denver land company from the early 1900s that predated Nazi Germany, mind you. Okay. Many residents, like Richardson, were not even aware they belonged to this strange relic of the city's past. Others knew about it but never felt strongly enough to push for a change. Isn't the swastika a riff on a Hindu symbol? Well, there, it's it does originally it's a religious symbol. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it goes way way back. But yeah. uh, you know, yeah, Hitler didn't create that and he doesn't no. have first dibs on it. But. Uh, but so that's why this was created well before Hitler was in the so, early 1900s. Yeah, it didn't have the same, but it's still but an it's unfortunate still name. Yeah. He unfortunately ruined it for everybody. Uh, after decades of red tape uh, dissuaded any action, City Council in 2017 cleared the way for homeowners to get the Swastika Acres name changed to Clanland. Both. <laughs> 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 Welcome in to Clanland. Klan land. That's not good either. Both the outgoing and incoming mayors say that it's time for the name to go. So there you go. Nick, what is its uh, origin?
6: Uh, Originally was Sanskrit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a symbol that's been around for thousands of years and then co-opted by the Nazis. And they put, uh, you know, a bad mark on it. There you go.
1: Well, a man was allegedly smoking crack cocaine and receiving sexual acts at a red light Tuesday afternoon when two city police detectives walked up to his car. Honestly, that's multitasking. Michael Duville was stopped at an intersection about two blocks from police headquarters Mm -hmm. when the detectives approached. Good afternoon, officers. uh, They instructed Duville to pull over once the light turned green, but instead he accelerated and drove through the Advanced Auto Parts parking lot at high speed. (laughs) Just give me two seconds. Officer Robert Harrington stopped Duvel a short time later. The female passenger bolted and couldn't immediately be found. Harrington arrested Duvel on charges of lewdness, disobeying a police officer, reckless conduct, and possession of crack cocaine. It was a uh, busy day for him. Gerardo Perez, this is a horrible story, man. Uh, Gerardo Perez returned Saturday to the scorched field in central Mexico where he'd seen an illegal pipeline tap burst into flames to yeah. see if he could recognize missing friends. He couldn't. Only a handful of the remains still had skin. Dozens were burned to the bone or to ash when the gusher of gasoline exploded, killing at least 73 people. They now said the totals up over 85. Uh, Perez said he and his son bypassed soldiers and ignored warnings to stay clear. The geyser Friday evening around 62 miles north of Mexico City. But... As Perez got nearer to the spurting fuel, he was overcome with foreboding. He recalls telling his son, let's go, this thing is going to explode, and it did, with the fireball engulfing locals, collecting the spilling gasoline in buckets, jugs, and garbage cans. Video footage showed flames shooting high into the night sky and people running from the explosion, some themselves burning and waving their arms. Perez and his son made it out. By Saturday, though, uh, the death toll had risen to 73. Officials said at least another 74 were injured and dozens more were missing. Fifty-four bodies had yet to be identified. Hundreds of people gathered looking for, you know, human, the their, the people the, that they knew. But on Friday, there were hundreds of people gathered in an almost festive atmosphere in a field where a duct had been perforated by fuel thieves. Yeah. And gasoline was spewing 20 feet into the air. That's why they were all there. And uh, it exploded. By the way, it had been breached ten times over three months. Yeah, and it came just three weeks after President Andreas Manuel Lopez Obrador had um, uh, Obrador had uh, launched an offensive against fuel thief that theft gangs that have drilled dangerous illegal taps into pipelines an astounding twelve thousand five hundred eighty one times in the first ten months of last year.
3: Well, and here is why that's such a uh, such a liability. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh so anyhow that's just an absolute tragedy Horrific. That took place, yeah. All right, we need a lighter story and we'll end with this one. An alpaca has confused and delighted residents of a small French town after wandering into an optrician's shop.
3: So an alpaca walks into an optrician's shop.
1: The fuzzy creature spent half an hour quietly browsing lenses in the town of Hennebon. Uh employees closed his it uh employees closed his doors to stop it fleeing before calling the police. While they initially thought it had escaped from a nearby circus, authorities found the private owner who came to pick up the wayward animal shortly afterwards.
3: Has anyone seen my alpaca? <laughs> uh,
1: staff at Les Opticians Metulitis first saw the alpaca wandering outside late Friday morning. Uh, a, an employee, Helene, said, we saw him walk past the shop. He stopped in front of the automatic doors that he opened and then walked in very quietly. Wait a second, I know that alpaca. He was not at all aggressive. He was just doing his thing. Uh, the four staff members locked up the the shop honoree,
3: for I think your alpaca is in our store
1: uh for fear that the animal could run into the streets and cause an accident before calling uh, the authorities.
2: Don't they get a little uh honoree, those
1: alpaca? Uh, do
2: they spit or do llamas, spit? I, don't llamas
1: think, spit I don't think they spit like llamas they're they're similar to llamas, but they're not in that regard I think because our our neighbor believe it or not, had alpacas and yeah. we, we go over there and visit them from time to time. Uh, But you just got to be careful because they're big. Yeah. Within half an hour, the owner, who wished to remain anonymous, had arrived to collect the alpaca and did that. There you go. That's what I have for you in the Bizarre File this morning. More of the Preston and Steve Show
11: podcast after this. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast.
1: Steve sent me this story, a uh, local story. Uh, I feel bad for this little girl. Uh it's from uh, Fox 29. A uh, 13-year-old girl, she's in Aston, goes to school in Aston. Uh brought a twisted tea to school. Yeah, by, by accident? accident. Yeah. Uh her family said it was, uh, she had no idea that uh <laughs> that it had alcohol in it, which I totally I totally believe. Yeah. They um, the, 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 the cans look yeah they it look kid, looks like a kid's looks drink. looks like a kid's drink, so anyhow, um this may end up though the way this has led to is yeah. she she may end up facing charges no. yeah, Come yeah.
5: On. they'll yeah. investigate and it should be okay. I,
1: I would think so. her name is Kayla Kayla Rader uh, Ryder, I'm sorry uh the thirteen year old eighth grader said that uh, some of her classmates asked for a taste because she she took it, she she opens it and tastes it and tastes funny. yeah, right. sure. you know what I mean and so her her classmates asked for a taste. oh yeah, let me let me try that. Um, so she shared it like she normally would, and, uh, northerly middle school administrators called her after they got mm-hmm. wind, that she brought twisted tea, um, and she said, uh, is this her mom? Her mom said, I, t- I told the school I took full responsibility because I would purchased it the night before. I put it in the bottom of the pantry. There were juice boxes there, too, and I will never make that mistake again. Uh, she was suspended for four days. <gasps> oh, wow. I, they well, understand. I can, I can see that. Yeah. But they, they may take it to another level because, um... She was going to – the mom was going to challenge it, challenge the punishment with, sure. the, with the school board. And she said that they basically told him, look, take what we give you or we're going to make things more difficult for you. Oh, stop And a few that. days later, she was called down to the local police department. Uh, the The girl was – uh, and question, her mom refused to sign her daughter up for a program for first-time juvenile offenders distributing alcohol. Wow. Uh,
5: well, I, I, would... I I know in school districts, though, if, if kids bring, like, if they bring pot to school and they get caught with it, um, it does, they the police are called. So it might even just be a protocol in this school that if something like this is brought to school, the police have to be notified.
1: Yeah. I don't know. And I, I can... Uh, look, I can understand um you know the 4-day suspension. Look, there's yeah, other kids had alcohol take, you know, they were right. the accident. other parents,
3: yeah. I there's, got it. There's gotta I got to be repercussions it.
1: Yeah. whether it was an accident or not, but the police I watched yeah.
3: the, I watched the video with the family last night. I was watching when it aired on on Fox 29 and, and the uh, it, it it so looks like exactly what she, she says. the yeah. mother's like I you know, it's one of these cases and it's a brightly colored can and I the reason why I believe this is because I know for a fact
2: Adults have made the sure. same mistake. Wow. Absolutely. Listen, countless times. My dad did. Uh, my mom came home. She goes to mass every single morning. She came home from morning mass, and my dad, who was a, you know at the time was a deacon, was sitting at the kitchen table writing his homily for the Sunday mass, <laughs> drinking,
5: a drinking a twisted tea. A twisted tea. And my
2: mom's like, "What?" I mean, so he <laughs> so had this. Awesome. Is my dad, who is you know at this point in his sixties, yeah. who has had a few uh, you know alcoholic yeah. beverages in his time. Had actually been drinking this, so it's not only just the look but the taste yeah. itself, right? Yeah, it's it is it not, um, it doesn't really taste very alcoholy, it tastes like iced tea. He had been drinking, and my mom comes into the kitchen and goes, Dave, what are you doing? I was like, what, you, I don't, what do you mean, what am I doing? Get ripped right behind <laughs> me. <to the hallway.
4: laughs>
5: well, he had so no idea. Yeah. My uncle, uh, who does not drink, he doesn't drink alcohol. Uh, they, they were on the beach in Florida, and a cooler was brought to the beach, and there was <laughs> drinks for the kids, and there was twisted tea, and everyone was uh, down by the water in the ocean, and him and his two grandchildren were sitting up by the cooler. He pulled out three twisted teas, opened them up. They were all sitting <laughs> (laughs) on the beach drinking their, what they thought was iced tea. The kids are drinking The kids, they were little, and and my cousin walks up, and she was like, Dad, what are you doing? He was like, what? We're having iced tea. She's like, no, it's twisted tea. There's alcohol in there. And they had to take it from the two kids and him. Could you
3: imagine the people walking, look at this white trash family here. Even the kids are drinking it.
5: Yeah, but he, you know what? He had no idea. He's not a drinker, so he didn't even really know what twisted tea was. I wouldn't know. We were. I would forget what
3: event we were at, and it, there was. It was an apple cider type drink. Oh and yeah, you know I don't Hard drink. Cider. Right, Hard cider. Yeah. Now this was uh, on the level. I like. Wow, oh, that tastes good. Well, but, th- but I mean, but and then I realized. Um, you know the the uh, alcohol was so hidden in the flavor yeah. that I, that on my senses go up like I can like rum cake I don't even like
2: yeah well there there's a few drinks out there your your, your hard ciders yeah uh, the hard lemonades you know you have those root beers uh, they uh, they none of them and the packaging have an alcohol, because there are people who just don't like the taste of alcohol
3: but the know? packaging and the labeling case mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's like this it's meant to mimic. <laughs>
6: R- regular root beer oh, or yeah. regular apple cider. Any of those um, those ones you just listed, Casey, all of them seem uh, incredibly and overly sweet mm-hmm. to me. And I don't know if it's the sweetness that hides the alcohol or, or not. But I I can tell you that that, that for me, that, Nick, that's
3: what buries the alcohol. Is yeah. that, that, that this cider was so impossibly sweet. That that's all I could focus and, in on. I like that And, and root apparently beer. the alcohol level was high in this Okay, thing. yeah.
6: And I like that root beer, but it's because it tastes like root beer. You know, yeah, and right, I guess that's right. what they're going for. But it, like to me, it's just, if I'm going to have an alcoholic beverage, it's not going to be those. You
2: know, when I was in grade school, we had to, there was a project where you got together as a group and we had to do live commercials. We had to pick a product yeah. and we had to do live commercials. And there was one group, I can't remember what their product was. I think it might have been chips of some sort. But their setting was like sitting around watching a football game, like, and and they had beer. I mean, they brought real beer in, and they didn't get in trouble at all. You Went know, to school, yeah. They, I mean, it was well, this, part of their presentation. She, she was a little. She's a little bit. I don't know. She appears to be younger, but no. I'm telling you, we were in grade school. We were younger than okay, her. Yeah, right, yeah.
1: Oh, I was in eighth grade when, uh, uh, for one, uh, somebody brought our, our teacher a uh, a bottle. I'll never forget. It. it was scotch. It was called Pinch Pinch Scotch. Pinch. Actually, pricey <laughs> scotch, and left it on his desk as a, gift. <laughs> as a gift for the teacher. And he gladly accepted it. Yeah, uh, it was a bit of a different time. oh, yeah. oh,
2: oh different my god. Time. Yeah. I used yeah. to go buy my parents
1: cigarettes. I know. You I know. know hey, can, so can, go, go up to Rita's and go get me a pack of Marlboro Light. Like, okay, no, Dad. Okay. A, few people yeah. are, a few people are texting in saying, nah, thirteen-year-olds." They know. They all know. Listen, not all of them do know, gang. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, some, I... may, some might, but not my, all of
3: them my, my wife is suspicious, but I'm like, I'm looking at this family, and I'm looking at what they're, they're saying, and the
1: mom's like... Oh, my God. God. Yeah. Well, also, yeah, look Dad's at, a cop. I yeah, yeah. yeah at least at at what,
2: the, the
5: young girl's dad?
1: Yeah, it's Philly police officer.
2: Yeah, you got to look how everything was shaking out at the school. Like, were they in the closet hiding, drinking it? Or were they just sitting we're at in the, the, in the cafeteria? Yeah. yeah. It was like after school, behind the, right. the school. Yeah. Uh, it was right out of the, mean, the cafeteria. What school everything was it, do we know? Northly in, uh, like, Sun Valley School District in, mm-hmm. in Aston. Um, yeah, I mean, you, honestly, you have to... It's not everything's not black and white you have to take everything into context here and it was a simple mistake well there's countless mistakes made, made like drinks like this or things that you don't
4: know oh uh,
1: yeah a couple of people texting time. texting in saying that uh that she may not have known but the other kids that were sipping it knew what it was and they wanted some so maybe i don't maybe. know but that's what you gotta that's what you gotta talk about that's yeah you yeah, yeah hash out with the parents and figure out what all went on and what the stories are who was the first person you knew that got drunk like as a, as a teenager Mm, well, my my, my, my sister probably. Your sister? Yeah. yeah, my brother probably. I, know. I, uh, you know, I if, know. If you have older siblings, probably that's a good chance that that might happen. I remember hearing about it on the bus in middle school, and, and I
6: didn't, I mean, you know, I, I would have an occasional sip of wine at family dinners and stuff like that, but I didn't have an alcoholic experience until high school. But I remember, like, it's starting to be, quote-unquote, cool in, like, ninth grade, and people would be at parties, yeah. and they would know about it then. Sure. Yeah, that sounds about right.
5: I remember the first party I went to, and... Where there was alcohol, and I was like, "Oh, they're going to be drinking." It was Queen Bee's house.
1: Oh, and really? I was oh, like, really? oh,
5: "Uh, we were probably like, I would say like ninth or tenth grade." Okay, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, "Oh no, there's going to be alcohol there."
1: <laughs> um, hang on, <laughs> what wanna, do I do? But but I want to go to <laughs> yeah, I want to go to people mistaking it and uh, and getting it uh, wrong. Let me go to Scott. Hey, Scott, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Thanks, man. What's up, Scott?
10: Um, when I was in high school, my friend's mom would actually pack me a lunch because i drove her to school every day and the one day she packed me a natty light
4: (laughs)
7: by accident she put a natty light in your lunch box completely by accident
14: wow (laughs) What, what did she what did she what did
7: she think it was I don't know. Maybe like ginger. You... I don't know. Because when you, you... I gave it
14: back to her, I was like, "Your
7: mom wants to get me drunk, again. <laughs>
1: dude." She loved you. Yeah, yeah she had oh, a man. So awesome. bring your daughter to in, school every in day. In fairness, you need a case in that to get drunk. <laughs> That's true. It's probably what you know. It's so watered down. It's <laughs> yeah. not really going to count. <laughs> Natty um, light. So you gave it back to her. That's funny. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> uh, you know they they make all kinds of um, hard alcohol. Or I guess uh, soda beers, if you want to call them that, or something like that. Because I get these ginger ale crabbies. They came in here. And bought yeah. some crabbies. Ging- I like those. hard ginger. Yeah, it's
5: those really are good. good. Yeah. So w- when, when and
1: you could easily mistake even the bottle's brown, but you could easily mistake the the uh, the label on there for
5: a soda. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. There's another Jack cider. I had it. Um, I was at Shady Brook Farm, and they they now serve beer there. Like, really? Uh, yeah. As you're like walking around, it was one of my fall activities, and I had yeah a Jack's hard that cider. Your fall activities. No, yeah, I need some. But it was it was good, like it it tasted good.
3: Yeah. When I remember when Zima has
14: vodka.
3: I think it's oh, come right. back, no so, not vodka, so it's, it's a a, no, it's or it's whatever lake. it has Because yeah. I remember when that first came out, uh, I b- believe it was my my next door neighbor who his mom purchased Zima, thinking it was like a uh, like a Fresca yeah. type drink.
2: There's a story in my family, and I don't because I was so young, I don't remember it. But uh, my little brother got drunk on. Uh, uh, Vodka and lemon? Or no, vodka and orange juice
5: Ugh, I uh, at a,
2: like a Christmas party because you know nobody's really paying attention and he didn't know what it, he he was. He hey, did, well, it, what do you think it was? Like just orange juice? He, he, had, he it. had no idea, <laughs> you know what it was.
1: By the way, there's a bunch of texts coming in. Uh, (laughs) My my nephew in elementary school took a a can of Bud Light out of his lunch bag, thinking that he grabbed a Pepsi. (laughs) Uh, Could you imagine you're walking through the cafeteria, there's a kid cracking open a Bud Light? Yeah, and and there's a bunch of these coming in and a bunch of calls, so let's go to these. Uh, I'm going to go over to Nick. Hi, Nick. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey,
7: guys. You guys rock. What's up, up, Nick? Hey, so um, I went to Catholic school for, uh, you know, first through fifth, and my mom always packed our lunch. Uh, right next to the uh, brisk cans was Coors Light. I got sent to school with a Coors Light can. <laughs> <laughs>
4: what,
7: what grade was hilarious. this? What grade was this, Nick? Uh, it's either second or third.
4: Second or third <laughs> grade. But did you a
7: Coors Light? Did wow. you drink it? What's that? Did you drink it? Oh God, no! I gave it to the nun, and of course, I had the one nun that was the strictest. She was a religious teacher, and she did not laugh. Every other teacher, or nun, and her, yeah, it was hilarious. Got my mom a speakerphone. <laughs> She did not crack a smile. Wow! It, it, I, I was terrified of her. Of course,
3: of course, yeah. But that that the image of a second grader with a Coors Light in his lunch is with- hilarious. Oh, hilarious.
7: I, I, I was a fat kid,
3: so I wanted to see what kind of snacks I had today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nick whips weird. out the silver bullet.
3: A lot of this uh, seems to be, Preston, where also, in addition to um, the, the look of the can, where it is packed in the cupboard.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, and also, if you're in a hurry or not, yeah, yeah. you're probably just grabbing this and throwing it in there. Here, okay, get off school. Go, yeah. go, go, go. Um, let me see. I will go to... Duh, 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 duh. Let me go to Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Good morning.
8: Hi, good morning. Hey, what's up? Nothing. So last year I was dropping my daughter off to my aunt. She watched her while I went to work. And she was like, try one of those new seltzer waters in my fridge. I, like, I take it to work with you? I was like, okay. So <laughs> I went to the fridge, grabbed one real quick, got my car, popped it open, drove from Ridley to Westchester with it open, take oh a sip God. of it, oh. get to work, put it out on my desk for a solid two hours,
9: <laughs> drinking it until someone walked up and they're like, why don't you put that in a cup <laughs> oh, It spikes something yeah. So you oh, might wait, want to put, put
3: that in, in a egg. cup oh, since you're clearly since you're clearly a raging alcoholic, well, why don't you funny. put that in a cup? I like how your coworker though come, here's what I do. I put
5: I put <laughs> yeah. my hard yeah. booze in a cup. I have those right now in my little mini Wh- what, fridge. What what are they now? They're spiked seltzer. It's seltzer yeah. water with alcohol in it and they're not bad. What kind well listen, of alcohol? are
2: they, yeah, what yeah, what kind of alcohol? It's like it's a malt based. Yeah. Yeah. My wife well, the, likes
8: the those. The can looks like a regular can. Like mm-hmm. you would never know it was
3: liquor or alcohol. No, we're looking at it and it has uh, so is the alcohol content pretty heavy? You, usually. No, but at like some
5: I yeah, it's, yeah, it's a decent amount at 7 a.m.
1: Yeah, like the uh, the Twisted Tea is 5%. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's more like than a, a light beer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, right, had, thanks.
5: I had the opposite experience. I was at the <laughs> Kenny Chesney concert last year, and uh, we were at a tailgate party, and I drank one of the spiked seltzers. I'm like, this is good. And so I went, I grabbed another one, and I'm sipping on it. And my friend goes, do you want one with alcohol? I had grabbed the regular
8: <laughs> seltzer. I was like, yeah. I don't
5: want this. Are you kidding? <laughs> Kenny yeah.
8: Chesney! I was at... Totally sober. My,
12: I, I quit
1: drinking for almost two years because of my migraine headaches. I wanted yeah. to see if alcohol was a trigger, and I just decided to stay off of booze for a while. And uh, my buddy Will, it was his 50th birthday party, surprise birthday party. So I brought... Everybody was going to be drinking, so I brought non-alcoholic beers with me, which I was right. drinking at the time, just to stay sober. Odul's? Caliber, right? Uh, yeah, it was Caliber. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Guinness makes it. And so... And it looks like a, a real beer. And so uh, they had coolers, and I just put mine in the cooler... And I, In fact, I have my own cooler, a little soft cooler that I set aside. And that right, was my yeah. beer. And uh, so I'm going through the night, and I go over, and people have been drinking my, oh, my non-alcoholic beers. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're just filling your stomach. <laughs> yeah. Waste. Nick, do you
2: remember that Cheers where they uh, they lost their liquor license for, like, a day or whatever? Oh, so yeah. they served nothing but non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> they went through the entire case. Yeah. And uh, Cliff like he was so
6: drunk. drunk. (laughs) Uh, In the book, uh, The Girl on the Train, uh, she drinks canned um, gin and tonics. And I don't know if they portrayed that in the movie or not, but I I don't know if canned gin and it takes place in London. Is that Uh, a thing? Uh, Well, that's what I'm wondering. I don't know if you can get that in the States or not, but it actually... The way that it's written in the book, it, it sounds really appealing, and I like gin and tonics. I just don't know if you can get them in the states.
3: Uh, so, so what what can you get on that? Like a uh, uh, mixed drinks
1: wise in 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 cans like that? Well, uh, okay. they have like little margarita based
6: ones. Yep. Remember
5: mm-hmm. that? They,
1: but they're a lot of times they're um, uh, they're carbonated. Yep. Okay, you um, can get
5: champagne in a little can now, and sure. it's like a pink yeah. can. Mm-hmm. It looks, you know, could look, yeah. resemble something a kid might want.
2: They also used to. Ha- I mean, they still have. I'm sure that like the Boone's Farms were kind of cocktaily. Yeah, the, uh, and the, what, does Bartles and James still exist? No.
5: Uh, no, Bartles and James
3: Holders used to dominate, especially on television. They had mm-hmm. massive
1: ad campaign. Yep. That well, was thank it you the for your support. At yep.
5: Queen Bee's house is what she was serving. Bartles and, and James.
1: Uh, hang on, let me go to Scott. Hi, Scott, you're on the air.
7: Hi, how you doing?
1: Good, what's up, buddy? Um,
7: So I'm in recovery. I don't drink alcohol or nothing like that. Right. And, um. I'm at my sister's house, and I tell my niece to get me a drink. I live an hour away, so I need a drink for the ride home. And I'm driving down the highway, and I crack open the can of soda, what I thought was soda, and I get it to my face, and it's Coors Light. Oh, man. Jesus. Thinking it was Diet Coke. No, It's no. the last
1: thing you need. You're, You're right. in recovery. Diet Cokes are a silver, uh, silver. Mm-hmm. Cake. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And, did, and uh, did... she thought the same thing.
7: I called my sister. I said, "What's your daughter trying to do? <laughs> trying to give me uh, <laughs>
4: alcohol?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. none of it, none of it made it into your mouth, did it, Scott?
7: No. As soon as I got to my face, I could smell it. I rolled my window down, and I didn't even care. I was littering. I threw it right out the window. Yeah, yeah. we're looking, we're
3: looking side by side. Thanks, it, it, except for height wise, they're fairly similar. Okay.
2: Yeah, and red, Coors- red lettering yeah,
1: and, and the whole deal.
2: The Coors Light can's a little bit thinner.
1: Is it? Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, let me go <laughs> to, I have Brian. Hi, Brian. Good morning. Good morning. Is
7: this me, Kenny Knight?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can put the voice on if do you... Do it, do it.
7: That's right,
1: Brian. You're on the air. What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> hey,
7: so i was uh i was in fourth grade with my dad we were over at one of his friends house watching uh football on sunday and um i'm looking around he's like what do you want to drink i'm like i'll take one of those and i crack it open and it's a uh, genesee cream ale i thought it was creamed soda <laughs> oh my god that's so funny
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so
7: it's like it's like reaching into a bowl of grapes and eating them and realizing that they're olives. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
7: yeah, that's,
3: true, man. I mean, that's a good analogy. Yeah.
7: Well, I, I had to keep my pride, so I choked it down. He's like, "You want another?" I'm like, "No, nah, no, 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 that's okay." okay I'm good. Go I'm gonna go vomit
1: now. Wow, thanks, Brian. Exactly. Appreciate
7: it. <laughs> As a non, so my dad gave me my first beer. At Your
3: first beer, yeah. Nice. As a non-drinker, I'm amazed at all the the various.
6: Drinks like this that I've never heard of. Oh, yeah. Like that, like cream ale. Apparently, yeah. you can still get the Bartles
1: and James, too. They make them, and you can get them in the grocery store. Really? Yep. Wow. Still available. Okay. Uh, let me see here. It's uh, Diana that we're going to go to next. Diana, good morning. Hi. Hey, you guys rock. Thank you. What's up, Diana?
9: Well, my name's Diane. Oh. And hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. My Hi. Uh, my dad and mom used to take us over to our grandpa's house every Sunday when we were kids. And he's very Italian. And every Sunday we'd go for pasta. And we were kind of wild in the house and everything. And when we used to sit around the dinner table, uh, we used to have Coca-Cola. That was a big deal, you know, having our Coke for dinner. Yes. And we used to pour red wine into our Coke glasses. And we were, like, stoned out of our minds every Sunday. Your grandfather
1: would do this. And how old were you, Diane?
9: Maybe mm, eight. Ten.
1: Wow. So, uh, unbeknownst
4: to
3: you, he was spiking your Cokes with wine, or were you aware not, of
9: it? Yeah, I was aware of it, but I didn't really know, you know, <laughs> like, what it was or whatever. And my parents knew, too. And we just sat there nice and quiet and just stared at each other every Sunday at
1: yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, you're all getting ripped. Sunday fun
3: day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. But there are some families where, like, my, you know, Italian families I, I've known growing up, with it, they would have some, you know, sure. some vino or whatever, yeah. you know, was, and the kids would have a little bit
1: as well. I, it's we, all part of the deal. My dad would uh, do the old hair, you know, can I have a sip of your beard? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Here you go, son. Can I
3: sleep with mom? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, things like that. Things the kids
2: are inquisitive. <laughs> yeah. At a certain point, you become too old for that, and, and dad doesn't allow that anymore, but when you're younger... Because it was the same thing for me when I was like eight or nine. Yeah, here, yeah. don't tell your mom. And then after a little while, I was like, no.
3: Well, the thing that's, that set me in motion, you know, for not drinking or ever, you know, being drunk, uh, I was a neighbor's party and I was seven or eight and we there, there was a bar down there and they, they started pouring full glasses of cream to mint.
1: Ooh. Yeah.
3: And I, I drank, and I vomited green. And yeah. I remember that in, that image was...
1: Yeah, you're not supposed to drink that self-straight. Yeah. Uh, I, it's I did. Nasty. I drank about
3: I seven it. ounces of it.
1: <laughs> um, but, uh, I, you know what? Uh, the Part of the... the Here, have a sip of this, I think, is also uh, you'll see how bad it tastes Yes, you don't want any of it. because uh, And it an worked. Acu- it's an acquired taste. It works for me, yeah. Of uh, beer, anyhow. Um,
2: so, yeah. Um, I remember drinking on the beach one time. I was probably about 15 or 16, and it wasn't really a drinker in high school. I gagged every single sip. It tasted, now, granted, it was also warm, yeah. warm Milwaukee's best, but oh, every God. single <laughs> sip, I was like, all bar- I'm oh, I'm gagging oh, from this. the description. of <laughs> The
3: beast.
1: Warm the cans of the oh. beast. Just warm. Can you bo- get this to a <laughs> boil? <laughs> That's nasty. Uh, let's go over to Corey next. Hi, Corey. Good morning.
7: Hi, good morning. What's up, Corey? Hey, um, so a few years back, I was on a cruise, and my younger cousin, he was about 12 years old, and he was complaining about a stomachache, because we were on one of those excursions that take you to go snorkel on a reef. Right. And so my mom offered to go grab him a ginger ale from the bar. So he goes up, asks for a ginger ale, gets a cup, no problem, drinks it, asks for another one, because he's still feeling kind of upset, gets another glass. My mom goes back up to the bar and asks for a margarita, and bartender poured him the or poured her the exact same thing. (laughs) So, Uh this kid was slugging margaritas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Twelve years old.
7: He got back on the ship absolutely trash. Oh my god! So
1: the the bartender didn't speak
7: English for the rest of the day. No, bartender didn't speak a word of English. Oh, that's
1: (laughs) funny. Yeah. And margaritas are sweet enough, and if it's not <laughs> yeah. got a lot of tequila in it,
5: you could get you could by. you could probably yeah. drink yeah. it
1: and not realize you're 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 drinking booze. There's not a lot of taste difference between a virgin
6: daiquiri and a rum daiquiri, you know, right. and so like, mixed drinks like that it, they're easy to mistake.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's getting ripped. I
6: know it's, I know it's wrong, but it's also hilarious.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anyhow, I'm, I'm curious as to uh, how this is going to play out. And what the, what the whole story is behind this story of uh, this girl and Aston, thirteen year old. She might be facing charges with the police. I don't know, but they'll investigate it like that. Yeah, Kathy yeah I hope so they they'll, don't. they'll figure it all out.
12: What's new? Glad you asked. News.
7: Contours.
12: New music. More of everything that rocks. I'm 9337 NMR
1: This story was making the rounds yesterday. I caught it a couple of days ago, but it's it's come through now. An upstate New York couple got so fed up with their unemployed 30-year-old son's refusal to leave the nest, they finally sued to evict him and they won. What? The judge oh God, sided with the family. And uh,
3: I agree. Reading the story, absolutely. How old did you say? Thirty.
1: Thirty. Yeah. So Mark and uh, Christina Rotondo uh, were forced to make the extreme parenting measure after giving their uh, layabout millennial boy Michael cash for moving expenses, pleading with him to get on with his life, and finally sending written legal notices demanding that he grow up and move out.
5: He needs um, to find an Italian mom and dad because they never kick their kids stay out
1: forever. <laughs> Or Casey's mom, who was yeah. like Casey was was gonna was about to move out as an adult finally and She was
5: sad. And she said,
1: right? You know, you can you can stay here <laughs> Forever. That's Forever. A Forever. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
9: Forever
2: and ever and
1: ever uh, so here is, but they, I was
2: working. I was gainfully employed. This guy, this guy not, doesn't even have a job. This what?
1: guy might as well be an eleven-year-old. He huh? claims that he does. So, so they sent him a letter. They actually got him, sent him a letter. The first one was dated February second. It said, "Michael, <laughs> after discussion with your mother, we have decided that you must leave this house immediately." And it concludes by saying, "You have fourteen days to vacate." We will take whatever actions are necessary to enforce this decision. And then they later to offer him, then they offered him $1,100 to help find a place to stay. They gave him parental advice, including organize the things you need for work and to manage an apartment and sell the other things that you have that have any significant value. And then they even implored him to start making money. They said there are jobs available, even for those with poor, with a poor work history like you. Get one. You have to work. But nothing moved Michael from his uh, failure to launch, and that is until an equally fed up judge's ruling on Tuesday forced him to accept adulthood, and he was pissed off about it. Didn't he represent himself in he court? Did. He did. Which, which is which, always a good move. Well, no, the judge was actually impressed with him. What, well, really? He was, yes. So he had said, but after the judgment, he said, it's really unfair to me. And really outrageous. Uh, He's a self-described businessman, by the way, who has a young boy of his own, of whom he lost custody. He said, I really don't want to stay there. Uh, This was him telling the Post from uh, a bus after his life-altering court loss. He said, I've been trying to leave there for a long time. They stopped feeding me. (laughs) They cut me off the family phone plan. He said about tough love, I don't think trying to destroy somebody is tough love. Uh, The family feud boiled over on May 7th when the mom, Christina, filed the suit seeking to evict Michael from their modest residence. Uh, The son, who turns 31 in July and has lived at home for the past eight years, has declined to... Uh, go even after a series of eviction letters they sent him between February 2nd and March 30th. So I guess he was away for a while, and then he moved back home. So if you
3: figure, all right, maybe he moved out eight eight when years. he was 18 or 19, or was, let's say. So he got married, or at least had a kid. Well, he
1: came back when he's 22, because he's 30 now. Right. And he's been there for eight so years. So he's only been away for, at most, four or five years yeah, of I, his 30 years? I went away for... Uh, Three years, I think, and then I moved back home because I I moved not out of state, but I moved several hours away, and then I had a job back in my hometown, and I moved back into my parents' house, and I lived there for about a year, something like that, yeah. yeah. And then I found an apartment and got out on my own, but I did return to the house to live well, as an adult for a little. How old were you? I was twenty five.
6: Okay, something like that. I moved back in with my parents when I got divorced.
1: Okay, like oh, that's three right. years
6: ago. Yeah. That was hard. Was and, it? <clears throat> well, it, I, I assume, following right? Following the pride and living with your parents at 38, 39 years old was was a challenge. Yeah, my parents are awesome. I love them. And, and it, for, as far as situations like that go, it, it was the best possible. But, I mean, it's just no matter how old you are, as an adult, living with your parents is challenging.
5: And I think that reminds you and kind of, like, speeds you up in oh, the process. Yeah. I mean, mine wasn't like that. But after college, same thing. I went back for a few years, and it wasn't. Like it used to be. You're like, okay, wait a minute. I'm an adult. I'm living by their rule. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Time to go. I got to get out of here.
6: Yeah, and it's really nice to be around your mom if she's a good cook and things like that. You know, I, there are positives and you save some money and things like that. But it's you're an adult, they're an adult, and it's uh, yeah. eventually there's going to be conflict.
3: I was just talking to Nick Murphy about when I go out to visit my dad in uh, Texas. With he and, and uh, his uh, his girlfriend who's been with him for decades, I consider her a, a second mom. Uh, I get a hotel. Yeah. I, I, I Because... Yes. I, I because I, I, a, I feel like I'm an imposition, but then when you know situations force you to do that, you you do have to sort of swallow your pride. But at this point, this guy, so what's his occupation, Preston? That he was not that he was uh, not uh,
1: generating enough capital to move out.
4: Ma, the meatloaf. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know. He hasn't indicated. Yeah, uh, he said he's got a, a he uh, owns a business or runs a business, and and he doesn't say what it is. So. Uh, they actually, they sent him some eviction letters, and each was signed, and this was between February 2nd and March 30th, and each was signed coldly, Mark and Christiana R- Rotondo. Mom! Uh, one one later.
3: Mom, the meatloaf! Mom, your meatloaf is so good. Uh,
1: one letter dated February 13th to Michael Joseph Rotondo says... He's hereby evicted effective immediately. You have heretofore been our guest, (laughs) and there is no lease or agreement that gives you any right to stay here without our consent. Uh, When they offered their son cash in a letter sent later in February, he actually took it, but he used it to pay bills instead of move out. Uh, In the final letter, well, there was one that was March 5th, uh, 2018, that said you have 11 days to vacate. And in the final letter, the parents said, Uh, They will even pay for uh, to fix his broken Volkswagen Passat. He's got a broken car. He's a Passat man. Uh, But Michael only dug his heels in further after his mom sued. Acting as his own attorney, he filed a motion to get his parents' uh, case tossed by claiming that they were legally required to give him six months to get out. And on Tuesday, the judge Donald Greenwood ordered the parents' lawyer Anthony Adorante to draft an order outlining terms of the eviction, but allowed Michael to remain at the home until an official eviction date is set, the son said. Now, Greenwood actually applauded Michael for his legal research in the case, but he blasted his demands for six more months as outrageous. So he was kind of impressed with the work that so, he actually did for this, and you could be applying that to law school, school. to real work. You know? Jeez, unbelievable. It's like,
3: it is like the... Um, the, the, was it the Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey movie, Failure to, Failure to
1: Launch? Isn't that it? I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. where he's at home and they just they want him to leave. Uh, Michael said that he resides in a bedroom located near his mom's master bedroom in the home while his dad mostly stays in the basement. Oh, my God. Man, what man. a nightmare existence.
3: So the parents are not uh, all that tight? I don't know. Or he, has he driven them
1: apart? He said it's not that big of a deal. We just don't communicate. <laughs> uh, and uh, in court papers, he said that he runs a six successful business, but he declined to say what it is. It must be so successful that he can't repair his Passat. He said, I have money, I have income, I have plans to not stay with them anymore, just not today, not in 30 days. I can't imagine I'll be there in three months, he said. And he also claimed that his parents are forcing him out as retaliation for not allowing them to see his child before he lost custody himself last September. Uh, however, he says he'll comply with the order so long as it doesn't force him out within the next 30 days. He said, I want three months. I think that's reasonable. Uh, he said he briefly saw his parents once he got home <laughs> Tuesday. He said they were quiet. It's awkward. <laughs> do,
2: you, do you know any, uh, do you know, you do? Yeah. Uh, well, I've, I mean, I just, I, I've met this person on a few different occasions okay. where it's, um you know, what's really, uh what's really hard for him is it's not his son. It's his daughter's boyfriend and
3: living with them
2: yeah all right and the problem is uh, he has a job but he's like older and and he wants how old and, like 30 you know he he's getting there and what he wants for him is just to have a desire to provide or or anything <laughs> but you know he's just <laughs> Car- he anything just, he's just comfortable And this particular, and and this is like, you know, and I can understand that because I have a daughter. That's real ferrell. I I have a daughter. And it's like, dude, if you're going to be with my daughter, like, I need you to prove that you can support, support or do something, not work at this retail store part time and play video games for 40 hours a week or more. Yes. Yeah. That's not a good prospect. No.
3: Also,
5: why doesn't he tell him it's time to go? It's not even his son.
3: Yeah, I, I guess he doesn't want to, to piss off the daughter mm-hmm.
1: and cause a rift that will perhaps yeah. be irreparable. And if you've only got a part-time job, uh, get another part-time Get another yeah. job. Especially you can, you can juggle two part-time yeah. jobs. Well,
3: yes. it cuts into video game playing. <laughs> That's question. true. That's true. I mean, uh, come on. Link uh, isn't going to find things on his,
1: on his own. Uh, let me go to Andrea. Andrea, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, Andrea
8: all right. Well, I, um, I was, I graduated college and came home, um, after school. And there was, I was living with my parents and I was working, but I was like spending nights out doing like the normal thing. And I guess I was just, it was too stressful for them. I, they were worried or whatnot, but I came home one day and they asked me to come look at the computer with them. And sure enough, it was houses for sale. Like they had told me it is, it's time to go buy your own home. We can't handle it. Wow. And it was, it was totally sweet. They were very supportive. And now we live across the street from each other. Uh,
3: they bought. They, they showed you a house <laughs> that was right across the street?
8: Well, no. I oh. moved and, and then I ended up going to Germany. Steve, we met the other weekend at the uh, Prostate for Cancer. Uh,
1: oh, at the Bottoms Up event? Yes. Okay, very cool. Very cool. So, Andrea, how, how long did you come back and live at home before they, they gave you this uh, this sort of ultimatum? Well,
8: that long it was like a summer but i guess it was just too stressful for them i don't know yeah you know you i think
1: you were still within i, I think acceptable yeah parameters like there. Even, especially if you're coming back yeah and you're making an effort to to have to build a life i think a year is not a ridiculous amount of time for everybody to hang on let me let me get my bearings let me get my footing and then yes i will get a place and i'm working and i'm saving and you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah
3: yeah my father at a certain point his when my mom passed away my father's job was in dallas yeah and uh had been and he would commute and it was you know when when my mother was sick he was you know more local to long island which is where we were living at the time but he basically said hey (laughs) (laughs) guys love you but i want to live you know i'm I'm going to dallas he he set in place some things to help to assist us but that was it it's
1: like sink or swim yeah yeah let me go to i have scott next hey scott good morning (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. There it is. Number, number one. one. Yeah. There it yeah. is. All right. What's Better up, work. bud?
7: Hey, uh, you know, I, I, it was about <laughs> yeah. I graduated college. Uh, it was similar to Andrea's story, but uh, I, I was in the process of buying a house. I was like a week away from settlement, and the deal fell through, unfortunately, which it happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my mom k- kind of came to me and said, well, you know, y- you still have to move.
4: No. Oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. How
7: does that make you feel? Uh, yeah it was it was pretty i was like okay and i mean i'm sure push came to shove i i probably could have stayed a little longer but just that pressure alone you know what i mean i don't know how this guy faced it
1: yes you know? well so so what'd you do what'd you end up doing i ended
7: up renting a place with my buddy in the city which wasn't ideal i was trying to buy something yeah but, you know, it, i ended up having a good time but, but
1: there and, you and, go and then how long did that last before you eventually bought something
7: uh, about two and a
1: half years. Two and a half years. <laughs> wow! Yeah, yeah, really, it
7: really it set me back.
1: You know yeah. what I mean?
3: But you you actually had you had a plan. You were yeah. it, There were some road uh, blocks along the way. This right. guy's like, uh, what,
1: despite his protestations, it's clear yeah. he was fine. I can Im- I can imagine though, Scott. So you, you're all set to settle on it, falls through, and then all of a sudden your parents say, oh, "Well, you got to move," and then you move all your crap. <laughs> And you don't want to move anywhere again anytime soon, so you probably stalled on looking for a place.
7: Uh, that was exactly, it. yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I had kind of, it was like a mental thing, too. You know, I had given up and, and that whole thing. And, yeah. I, you know, I said, well, let me let me just have fun for a while. But, okay. I mean, just like I said, just the pressure of my mom telling me, well, you still got to go. I, I don't know how this guy was able to take it. Yes, yeah.
3: especially when your parents are pissed off at you. Yeah. You feel like crap to begin with. But I, it's some people do not have that sort of thanks, freeloader gene that yeah. that should kick in and tell you you've overstayed your welcome. Yeah, yeah,
1: you know. I'm wondering where where I'll be with my kids <laughs> on that, and if they, you know, will just want to hey, I got it pretty good here. And I yeah. think I'm just gonna hang for a while.
3: Do you know? And... Do you think? Do you think that going away to college? speeds up the desire to move out of the house
5: yeah because i think well at least for me when i came back was when i was like i can't stay here (laughs) yeah Yeah,
2: you have that that taste of freedom yeah yeah, my wife was the same way she the only time she went home was um between freshman and sophomore year of college and then after that she was out that was it like she because she lived in new jersey Went to school here in Philly, and then, so she hadn't been home since she was 19. So, once you get the taste, as as Kathy was saying, Mm -hmm. yeah, you can... I think so. Once you get
3: that independent lifestyle and and you figure out how it works... I mean, it's it's slightly, a slightly um, nuanced take on the real world because you have, there is a structure there, but you do have your freedom.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I think my major thing was that um, my parents let me come and go as I please, A. And B, I didn't make all that much money, uh, you know, in my yeah. early twenties. So you know, mm-hmm. staying at home, I, it wasn't a necessity. But did, did you pay rent? Uh, no. Did you pay for any food? No. Oh, no, okay. neither did I. Yeah. I didn't even do my laundry. But it was. <laughs> oh
3: my
4: goodness! See, did, I...
3: did they do the, the choo choo train with the food? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Show me how the piggies doing. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a piggy? piggie? Who's a
3: piggy? Who's a 30 year old man living at home? <laughs> Give mommy
1: kisses <laughs> uh, Hang on, let me go to I have Steve-O Hi Steve-O, you're on the air, good morning Or is it just Steve? Or is, or is, it, it, ste- st- or is it Stevio? Uh, stevio? 33. Oh, you're talking, living... you're talking to Scott, though. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Not my fault. Sorry, steve Hang on the line. We'll go to Scott next. Hey, Scott, you're on the air. Hello? Yeah, what's up, bud?
7: Yeah, I think I got that 30-year-old guy uh, that was on the news beat. My uh, sister-in-law is 35, living at home uh, with her 4-year-old son, uh, refuses to leave, won't get a job, stays up all night, don't take her kid to school, he's 4. But you know the crazy thing is she gets state assistance that pays for an apartment and all the utilities, and she lets her boyfriend stay there where she stays at home. Oh. Will not leave her mom
14: at all.
3: Well, she's that's that almost that that almost morphs or or crosses a line then into like criminal behavior Yeah. because this, the the simple sort of lovable you know, but it's time to move on thing has become a lot darker with this situation. Yeah, is she drug oh. dependent, Scott?
7: Listen, what's that? Is she drug dependent? No, not, no drugs, alcohol, nothing. I mean, she... Can you she, get her on drugs? <laughs> because when
2: you're not drug dependent and yeah. you're in that situation, you go,
7: what, what? is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. It's like
2: if you are hooked Listen, on some
7: sort mom. of her drug... Mom support, her mom takes care of her son... She's so lazy. She doesn't do nothing with this kid. Her mom so, does it
3: all. I mean, that's her that's abusive mom. to the kid, it's, yep. and, and it's and what she's going to do is she's going to drive her own mother into an early grave.
1: And that's that's somebody who doesn't have the ability to look into to, to look seriously problem. into the One future day. and say, "What am I going to do?" Hold on a yeah. second, Scotty. I'm rambling here for a minute. <laughs> she doesn't have the ability to look into the future and say, "I am going to someday. I'm going to be old and I'm right. going to have to take care of myself." You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, wow. All right. Well, that yeah, sucks. Threatens the,
7: she threatens the mom if she... I told her mom to go get an eviction notice at the courthouse. She said if her mom does that, she will never let any of us see her kid again. Sure, that's That's, that's a. with the grandchild. Oh, so
1: now she's using that as a... Uh, ammo. As yeah, ammo. Man. Wow. All right. Well, hang in there, Scott. Hopefully something happens, but uh, thanks. 30-year-old
3: dudes look a little bit better now.
1: That is. Yeah, that's a tough one to be yeah. in. All right, so Steve-O is the guy I meant to go to last time. Steve-O, you there?
7: Hello? Yeah. Hello.
1: Yeah, you're on the air.
7: <laughs> oh, I didn't know if you guys can hear me. I'm. Shut calling. up. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've been out of my parents' house for almost a decade now, and I actually had to do the whole swallow my pride thing. Uh, me and my wife had to move in uh, at 33, 34 years old, and on top of that, she's pregnant. Oof. Um, and it's and both of them smoke. Ah.
3: That's an issue.
7: So, so we heard this when I heard this story on the news last night. We were eating dinner. I just had to put my head down, and my dad just started cracking up. Ah. And and I, he's like, the first thing I would, I, the first thing I'd be doing is I'd be cutting off the electric to the room. The second thing I'd be doing <laughs> is cutting off the plumbing. And if that doesn't fail, then I'd be throwing you out and changing the locks
4: so
3: um, so but you're you've got obviously you've got a a plan a forward moving plan yeah, you're, th- no, this is so and we had, to,
7: we, had to, we had to move we had to move in because we uh we sold our house and we're currently uh building a a, a new house and uh it's going to be done sometime in uh june or july august so we're just kind of you're not dead kinda,
3: yes they, no, just no, just pro- by the, gonna, the luck of the draw you happen to end up in this situation but yeah yeah the, 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 the difference would be is if you were just living there, and like this is great, you yeah. know, and 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 had no no uh, no outward uh, attempt at yeah. getting a, a, a job or moving out anything. That's where this guy at 30 yeah. years old seemed yeah, to be.
7: We have a plan. We know what we're going. It's and and like they're, and the, you know they're doing us a favor because just I was I, it was actually longer. It's a little bit longer than we should have been there. Cause yeah, our house should have been done by now. But it's like we're all on the opposite because like. We've been out for you know such a long time that, and then you come matter. back, yeah. It's, it's the next point. Like it's really, really, it's really difficult. Sure. And on another note, and another note, uh, she doesn't do the true true train. My mom does the airplane. Oh,
3: oh
6: the airplane the hanger. Hangar. Yeah, hanger. Open uh, the, up. Yeah, that would work with me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Coming in for a landing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, like as a as a general rule, it, this is sort of a two part question. What age um should the parents start charging rent and how long should you have been moved out before you move back in where the where rent would be? These are applied? good questions. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't rent.
1: believe in the eighteen years old you gotta pay rent thing because you're an adult.
6: I, and I, I'm okay with it even right after college because um, maybe you're trying to land a job, maybe you're not making any money, and so financial stability is also important. But if you're moving back in at 29 or 30 and you have a job, then, I think the parents probably should ch- charge rent. Yeah.
3: A lot yeah. of parents, though, will, will institute the, yeah just because we're going to give you a, a life lesson
1: here and you're going to start paying rent. Unless it's a real hard luck situation. Sure. Yes. If it really is and they, they need your charity, for lack of a better word, then I don't think rent should be involved. All but, right, I'll
3: pay rent, but you got to stop smoking. <laughs> but,
1: uh, but the, uh, yeah, I'd say over 25. I
5: don't know. I don't think you can put an age on it. Like, yeah. you know, I think that if, if, if they're... Tr- well, yeah, it's the situation. If they're trying, yeah. if they're 25 years old and they're trying, they're actively looking for a job, they are maybe working a few part-time jobs. Like, you know, I know my parents would never have charged us rent, but it was because we always tried. We were always doing something to sure. move our life forward. We weren't just sitting still in their house.
3: So what about this? You're not charged rent, but what if you... I think anybody... Uh, would consider kicking in for food now and then, or buying some, putting some groceries in the refrigerator. See, th- I would do that to, I would... to sort of offset the expenditure
2: on yeah, your right. parents. I right. say, right, right, listen, right. because my mortgage is not going to change just because you moved in with me. However, my uh, gas, electric, water, yeah, and yeah. all that stuff will go up, so I can maybe say, "Hey, why don't you kick in a little bit for food and, and some of the utilities or whatever?" But
1: yeah, that I would consider that rent though, right? Yeah. But
2: I, I would do rent but secretly store that money away so that when they did move out, say, hey, here, here, you give it you, back to them." No, never give it yet. back
3: to them.
1: Uh, Listen to this. This text message. My mother started charging me rent at the age of sixteen. Wow. She forcibly took eighty-five percent of all my earned income after she made me get a full-time job and go to school. Wow. That's harsh. That's a little too much.
6: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, teaching financial independence and responsibility is one thing, but that's a little draconian. Take forty (laughs) percent. Yeah. Casey, how much you charge your mom? Uh, Zero. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's not... I figured it wasn't... She's
5: over 25. She should be chipping in.
2: (laughs) She asked. She tried to. But I don't. I I don't have... I
4: don't... (laughs) (laughs) Then you're out of here. It's funny, though,
2: because she tries to pitch in whatever way she can. So, like... Uh, if we're down to like I don't know like a little bit of laundry detergent, she goes to BJ's and gets us seven uh-uh. things of laundry detergent.
1: Steve, it's like uh, a Happy Gilmore. Oh, your hands hurt. <laughs> well, now your back's gonna hurt because you just got garden duty. <laughs>
2: <Right>. Ben Stiller, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> All right, all right, They're
6: not a yeah. <laughs> not a yeah everybody. <laughs> we got to poo- take yet. a break. Uh, a
1: we poo- have yet. to, uh, but anyhow, it's just an interesting <laughs> scenario with these mom and dad actually sending an eviction notice to their own uh, their own kid, and uh, the the court uh, ruling on that side. More of the President and Steve Show podcast after this.
11: Now back with more of the President and Steve Show podcast.
4: Now, Bizarre.
0: WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre. Final.
1: Well, an off-duty cop in hot water after picking up a prostitute in Brooklyn and leaving her in his still-running car, his service weapon on the front seat, while he stopped to get some cash for their rendezvous, the hooker allegedly saw a golden opportunity when Officer Allie Shepard got out of his Jeep Wrangler to hit the ATM, she got behind the wheel and took off.
3: Oh can't even trust right. a hooker.
1: And while police have, sti- have since caught the lady of the night and recovered Shepard's vehicle... His Smith & Wesson pistol is still missing out there somewhere. Where's my gun? Yeah, where did I leave that? You're a bad hooker. And even Shepard's dad couldn't believe his 38-year-old son, a U.S. Army veteran who's yeah. been a cop in the last for the last 13 years, could be so boneheaded. When asked about it, he said, you've got to be effing kidding me. You always keep
3: your gun on you when you're going to the ATM for hooker cash.
1: Uh, dad, Eugene Shepard said from his home that he uh, shares with his police officer's son. He said, I'm in total shock. I would never have thought this. The man has been in the service twice. I've never heard that he would pick up a prostitute. Uh, Shepard allegedly hired Laquana Lawton, known as Unique, at at Liberty Avenue and Sackman Street around 1215 on Tuesday. They were headed to a motel, but Shepard made a quick pit stop to withdraw some cash from the ATM. That's when Lawton jumped behind the driver's seat and drove off with the firearm on the front seat.
4: Police found
1: Lawton the jacked Jeep and some narcotics and drug paraphernalia around 3 p.m. The gun was nowhere to be seen, so Shepard is now in a little bit of trouble from this incident. A University of North Florida dean has uh, resigned after he allegedly engaged in a sex act on campus. And wait till you hear the scenario. Oh, boy. The soccer coach... Called police and told him that he saw two individuals engaged in a sex act in a stairwell adjacent to the stadium's press box. <laughs> police said investigation revealed that Dr. Mark Tumio, Dean of the College of Computing, Engineering, and Construction, met someone on an internet application named Adam for Adam and okay. agreed to meet him on campus. When questioned, Tumio told police that he was just there to talk to the man about his bat business. <laughs> According to the report.
3: I'd really like to meet you in the stairwell to discuss your bat business.
1: Uh, He told police the man may have been bending down to tie his shoe. (laughs) And that may have looked out of place, apparently. Well, yeah. It's... A misunderstanding. After telling Tumio that the man admitted to their sexual encounter, Tumio told officers he was there to engage in some oral. Uh, the man was uh, issued a trespass. Doctor Mark.
3: Doctor Mark. I can't talk
1: right now. And uh, Tumio was, uh, uh, had uh, resigned, according to school officials. So he was. He was Wait a buffing.
3: second. Here you have a guy who's really trying to explore
1: bat options for the team. I mean, come on. You know, gets right. in hot water. Waiting for a letter that never arrived, possibly? Well, it may have ended up dumped by a U.S. Postal Service worker along a South Jersey street. A Facebook post. (laughs) You're supposed to deliver that stuff, right? More than 3,000 times shows a dozen mail bins stuffed with items discarded off of River Road in Pensauken. Uh, the mail, discovered Sunday, was dated August 8th and oh, yeah. out for delivery from the Roxborough Station post office. Oops. Agents tracked down the employee who threw out the mail, but learned that the person resigned from the post service uh, back in, on September 8th. You ever just
3: look at one mailbox and think about all the life-changing potential oh, yeah.
1: letters that are in one mailbox? Absolutely. And, and And things that people are desperately waiting for. So this guy quit and just dumped all the mail uh authorities did not identify the worker or a possible uh motive for the bizarre incident, so they uh they it's a got felony. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I actually spent an
2: entire summer painting mailboxes uh for because my mom had no worked one for asked the post- you to <laughs> nobody asked me to <laughs> <laughs> um, no but doing? my my mom worked for the post office, so i'd actually uh i would uh wash the vehicles ah. from time to time and then I also painted mailboxes, and that paint is like super thick. I don't even know what kind of paint it is, but uh, yeah, so it was an entire summer. It was good money, cash money.
1: Cash money. Cash money. Nice. Back to you, Preston. Alrighty, then. I'll take the floor. Here's uh, in mailbox painting. <laughs> a 90 <laughs> a year old cow. I am Michael
3: Bolton. saying <laughs> about the career opportunities available in the world of mailbox painting. I know last time I was talking about cows, but they seem to be better now.
1: <laughs> That's good. <laughs> There <laughs> <Are> we go. <good? laughs> uh, uh, I'll move on. Okay. Oh, are a, you a, sure? Because <laughs> I got this now.
3: I am Michael Bolton. <laughs> what are you doing next summer? How about painting mailboxes? Casey, Casey says the paint is very thick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. A 90 uh, a year old uh, California man was charged in the death of his stepdaughter after authorities said they found key evidence through the woman's Fitbit. Tying, wow. tying the man to her murder. Listen how this played out. It's a terrible story, by the way. Anthony Vincent Aello was arrested in the death of Karen Navarra, who was found dead inside her home in San Jose. Navarra was discovered slumped in a wooden chair while clutching a kitchen knife in her right hand. Jeez. Leading authorities to initially believe that she may have killed herself. Now, an autopsy later revealed uh, Navarra's suicide was staged. Uh, she had multiple deep and intrusive wounds to her facial area and a head that caused uh, skull fractures along with ga- a gaping slit to her neck. Authorities ruled that the 67-year-old woman's death homicide after finding that she couldn't have self-inflicted the wounds, which were most likely caused by a small hatchet or axe. Now, police interviewed Iello and found his account of September 8th the day Navarro died didn't match up to evidence found on security footage. Aiello claimed claimed that he was... Uh, That he went by his stepdaughter's house to drop off a pizza. He spotted her driving by his home later in the day. Security footage, however, showed that his car was parked at her house from 3.12 to 3.30 p.m. Okay, 3.33 p.m. Navarra's car wasn't seen leaving the home. Hmm. So police also found a Fitbit device on Navarra. They contacted Fitbit, and they got the data. They discovered that her heartbeat spiked at 3.20 p.m., and then slowed down and stopped registering at 3.28. So they had, they had the, the time, time of, of death. the attack and the time of death for Fitbit. And this was the same time frame that his vehicle was seen at her house. Uh, you
3: know, that's going to, Casey, uh, with the the Apple Watches now, mm-hmm. they have even uh, more thorough suite of things like the Fitbit. So you're going to find this data being used in investigations
1: more and more. Yeah, ALO attempted to provide an explanation for investigators New Discovery, saying that he couldn't uh, have been with his stepdaughter when she was killed because she had walked him to his vehicle. Mm. He denied that he was present when she was killed and suggested that someone else might have been in the house. But authorities said they also located blood-stained clothes at his house, though he claimed that the blood was uh, from him frequently cutting himself. Uh, He was arrested on suspicion of murder last week. He's held without bond. This dude killed her. Yes. And they have the evidence. So that's pretty wild. I'd never heard of a Fitbit being used
0: as evidence. But you're right, Steve. You'll see more and more of that stuff popping up. All
1: right. And there you go. That's what I have in the beef out for you this morning.
0: Jackson's Jeep Club and Spirit Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram presents MMR's Mudder's Day, MMR's day 2019. 2019. Get dirty and get your Jeep on at Bridgeport Speedway, Sweetsboro, New Jersey. Saturday, May 11. 15 bucks per Jeep gets you in and a go at the custom dirt obstacle courses and mud pits.
6: Join us for another great day with our Jeeps in the dirt and mud. Plenty of room for spectators, too, with free parking. There'll be hundreds of Jeeps on site, Jeep parts to win, and you can even score MMRBQ tickets. Plus, cool van- Vendors and food trucks, including Two Street Sammies and
0: DHY Motorsports. MMR's Mother's Day with Jackson's Jeep Club at Bridgeport Speedway. Tickets on sale now. WMMR.com for complete details. From Spirit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're selling excitements And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. The trash business is a gold mine 3 WMMR With Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash
5: the Trash brought to you by French Creek Outfitters in Phoenixville with everything you need for the great outdoors and beyond. All the big name brands, they have them. Visit FrenchCreekOutfitters.com for additional info. French Creek Outfitters, why take a chance with anybody else?
1: What's going on, Steve?
3: Well, former Death Row Records head Suge Knight was officially sentenced to 28 years in prison yesterday. Knight was reportedly stoic because the sentence was read, but did briefly sh- motion at one point, yelling out, we... Guess what I get to do.
0: <laughs> ah, yes. Really? Guess <laughs> what I get to
3: do. <laughs> David and Victoria Beckham selling their legendary Hollywood mansion for $33 million. The Beckham say now that the kids are starting to move out on their own, it's time to downsize to a $32 million mansion. Mm-hmm. And finally, a drug raid of Cher's Malibu mansion yielded loads of narcotics and ammunition, all in the room of her live in assistant son. Police say the 72 year old Cher was uh, no connection to the drugs, but more than likely the owner of the 500 pounds of stool softener they found. <laughs> Not
1: your Hollywood Uh Marissa was uh, flirting with our next guest here for a moment. No, is that it? Yeah. No. Oh, he's ready to go. All right. We're excited to speak to him because uh, we're really psyched for the film coming out July seventh, and uh, we he's were impressed with him in a Civil War. Sensational. Yeah. And couldn't get any better. And we actually and we have a, a special connection to this film as well, which I'm sure we'll tell him about when we get him on the line. Uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming in theaters July seventh. Let's welcome the guy who's playing Spider-Man. It's Tom Holland. Yeah on the show. Good morning, Tom. How
14: are you? We are great. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. I'm lying in bed. I literally have <sighs> woken up only five minutes ago. Wow. Well,
3: we so appreciate good. it. You, you sound sharp and alert, and that's uh, that's all we need. Ready to go. All right. Are you wearing Spider-Man jammies,
14: though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing much, if I'm honest. Uh, there you go. Yeah, fair enough. It's it's our
3: understanding, though. As a, as a kid, you uh, you spent the better part of a year dressed up as Spider-Man because you were such a fan.
14: Yeah, no, Spider-Man has always been my my go-to hero, you know. Uh, ever since the sort of Spider-Man, so Maguire Spider-Man came out, he I was kind of transfixed by the character, and uh, the fact that I get to say that I'm playing him is insane to me.
1: Can't even imagine. How nerve-wracking was the audition process leading up to this and being hopeful yet being realistic about more than likely you're not going to get it? It had to have just been mind-numbing.
14: Yeah, I mean it was it was the toughest audition process i've ever been through you know because you're not only auditioning in front of the producers you're auditioning in front of the world everyone knew about who the finalists were and yeah. everyone was talking about it and had their opinions and stuff so it was it was yeah definitely not the easiest of processes but i had a lot of fun while doing it and uh um and I stretched myself as far as I could go, man. I did as much work as I could possibly do to get this job. It, and, uh, it's cl- it's so clear. Yeah, it's
3: absolutely clear you worked it. And, and from the moment you were announcing, we are huge, huge fans of the Marvel Universe. And, I mean, I'm I'm looking at figures right here on my uh, – action figures on my uh, table right in front of me now. So we are – we consider this like, like rock concert level mm-hmm. events when these movies come out. When they announced you and then they uh, – immediately someone put out a, a video of you – practicing like parkour like flips and things like that and i said i'm sold this guy's it and and uh you know you you, but you come from from the 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 theater and stage work primarily correct
14: yeah no that's where i started i started in the west end in london um i was billy elliott for two years and uh yeah you know to do that show we all have to go through a very extensive dance training course and gymnastics training so i've had a sort of quite a quite a thorough dance background for the that a part of my
3: life yeah and it it, it really shows that i, I understand and, and maybe you can uh, relay the story where um you know they were they were going to cgi a lot of the the flipping action and all that stuff and then you had a chance to sort of demonstrate what you could do on stage and and what what did they say after seeing that
14: well, for me, that was frustrating because I had been sending them videos of me doing backflips for weeks and weeks while auditioning. You right. Know, I just really wanted them to know I could do that. And then when I got to my audition, I was doing a fight scene with Chris Evans. And uh, they the scene says Spider-Man flips in a frame. I said, do you guys want me to do a flip? And they were like, can you do a flip? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i have been sending you videos for weeks. Right. Have you been watching them? Yeah. So... Um, yeah, so when I when I did it, it was very apparent that you know we were going to be able to take the character to a new level where we could do stuff as Peter Parker that we hadn't necessarily been able to do in the past.
3: Do you know what I love about this also? I believe you were actually you were you were cast as Spider-Man when you were legitimately were a teenager and 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 mm-hmm. Peter Parker is for many and I think for me as well, there's a special thing about Spider-Man because he is he is the most down to earth. He's the. He, I think he's the realest of the of the superheroes because he has all the uh, indecisive uh, moments, the foibles, all the things that you know. Because you're you're basically still a kid and you're a superhero. Well,
14: that's what makes this movie so interesting. You know, we've seen the god, we've seen the billionaire, we've seen the soldier. Now it's time to see what would happen if you gave superpowers to a fifteen year old. Right. Um, I think if you did give superpowers to a fifteen year old, he would have the time of his life, and. You really see that in the movie because when I made this movie, I was having the time of my life, um, and it's just a really nice thing to see because I often find with superhero movies the powers come as a burden to the character. Yeah, but in this yeah. movie they are. You're loving a it. Gift. You're
3: I love the yeah. fact also that you have a, there's a tangible goal for Spider-Man. Your goal is to become an Avenger.
14: Yeah, absolutely.
3: And that and, and I there's I mean you're dealing with people like Robert Downey Jr. and all these people, and, I, and there was a, a, a little bit of video that leaked. On the set of the uh, Infinity Wars, and you're standing there with the other guys, and you you can just see you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm here. It was coming across on your face, loud and clearly. Uh, are, are you still even at this point pinching yourself?
14: I mean, every day, man, I genuinely <laughs> feel like I've been living some crazy dream, and I'm about to wake up and be super, super disappointed. Um, <laughs> we just I, had, uh... being on Avengers is just ridiculous. I remember seeing Avengers 1 with my be- one of my best mates, Tom Hutton. And I remember thinking, like, God, one day I just want to be in one of those movies. I just want to play a character. If I could be a superhero, that would be a bonus. I never could have imagined that I'd be playing Spider-Man in that franchise. Yeah. And it's such an honor, man, to see those guys in costume doing what we all see them do on screen is just so amazing
1: we just had uh, last week jacob batalon was in our uh our studio and uh he seemed to be in the same way now while he isn't playing a superhero he still had this kind of i can't believe i'm here right now <laughs> uh, yeah. type of vibe and i'm sure you guys probably shared that together because you were surrounded by all these heavy hitters you know
14: yeah you know jacob was someone that Impressed me probably more than anyone on the set. He'd never been on a film set in his life. Wow. And he walked onto this gargantuan project and he took every challenge and made it his own and crushed it. He really did crush it, you know. The director would have us improvise for 26 minutes and he never faltered. So Jacob really is one of my favorite parts of this movie. He's one of my best friends, and uh, he's f-ing hilarious. Oh, I just swore. Oh, no. <laughs> you're in bed. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> you're not allowed to we swear have, We have
3: a dumped button, so it's no problem. <laughs> Listen, I have to compliment you, because I thought you were just remarkable in The Heart of the Sea. Um, that movie oh, caught me from left field. I assume that was a little bit more sparse on set, <laughs> because you're in a, basically a boat throughout the entire movie. What was that experience like, working with Ron Howard and... Uh, and 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 uh the rest of the gang.
14: Working with Ron was amazing. Ron is one of the nicest guys I've ever worked with. He's such an easy person to work for because he's so clear as to what he wants you to do. Um that said, we were all on a crazy diet, we were only allowed to eat five hundred calories a day <laughs> We were at sea all day. Everyone was miserable for a large period of it because we just couldn't eat anything. What but was the what, what,
3: what was the body odor like? Because when you when you start to get emaciated and everything, you you start. It, it's a known fact. You start to stink a little bit.
14: You know, <laughs> when you're on set for 15 hours every day. <laughs> It's a smelly place. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you just get used to.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and, and Chris Hemsworth not looking so Thorish.
14: Um, yeah, no, but the funny thing about Chris is he lost a load of weight and just looked even more ripped. Right. <laughs> and then he had to go through, like, the real weight loss but to look skinny because... You know, he just basically lost all of his body fat and was nothing but muscle. And then he had to start eating away at the muscle. And that's when I think it really started getting tough for him.
1: Yeah, we all have to do that as well. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, of course. Uh, Tom, what did what from the, uh, you know, since you are now officially Spider-Man and and being on the on the films and access to all of the, you know, like your suit and so forth. Are there there things being as big of a fan as you are uh, that you're hanging on to for keepsakes as far as props go?
14: You know, all the props in this movie are so expensive, and I couldn't possibly imagine stealing them because the lawsuit would be absolutely (laughs) (laughs) Oh Man,
1: that blows.
14: Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, but no, there's a few things I'm thinking about stealing after movie three. All
3: right, <laughs> well it, it, you're you're part of it, and we couldn't be happier for you because you just come across as a, as a great guy who's none of this is lost on or wasted on. And the fact that you come from a place of, of fandom makes it that much
1: more special. We're having an advanced screening this. Yes, episode. we are. Oh, yep. I can't oh, wait. Oh, brilliant! I hope you guys
14: enjoy
1: it. Yeah, and in fact, we were actually some of us were there for a production portion of the of the film. We went to flew out to Los Angeles a couple of months ago uh, to hang out with Michael Giacchino, the uh, composer. While he was composing the film and we were in the studio as they were recording it, so we got to see a few scenes of the movie before it was finished, which was a really interesting thing as well. Um, and, and you know it peaks behind the, the scenes as to what takes place in the movie making world. It was really impressive and they they're, they're back in this movie up a thousand percent, which is you know has got to make you feel great.
14: Yeah man it's it's exciting. It definitely is exciting. I hope you guys enjoy the movie. I've got to go. I'm being I'm being told that I got to get to the next oh, yeah. one, but uh but lots of love guys. Thanks for Hey man, thanks
1: for joining us while you're in bed. We appreciate that.
14: <laughs> <laughs> Tom
1: Holland. Take yeah. care buddy. Good luck to you. Yeah. All right. Hey. Spider-Man Homecoming. That's awesome. It's going to be it's going to be great. Uh, the the advanced stuff that we've seen so far looks like it's what you want, and
3: they they embargo a lot of times the which means they they they'll have screenings and they ask people not to post online and so on and so forth. But you can't hold the, the ocean back with the board, as they say. Yeah. And the advanced word right now is that it's just tremendous.
4: Yeah, we yeah. have a
3: screening.
1: Yeah, yeah. The IMAX screen, which is where I, now I'm getting spoiled. We're yeah. like having all our screenings in the IMAX. I screen, know. You know, it's uh, I don't even want to do them anymore if they're not there.
0: The President Steve Show, podcast 933 WMMR, everything that rocks.